0: mistake my bad I fucked it up I fucked up the vibe my bad let me turn it back up I freaking just ah man hold on I accidentally clicked the mute button instead of just like you know instead of just like trying to turn down the sound I was like I just kind of wanted to fade myself in and I don't know it's a good song backpack by Sam Webster it's a part of the grindstone album technically it's the original soundtrack i bought the album on vinyl i listened to like one track and i was like oh my god this is awesome and then i listened to like a couple more tracks and i was like i gotta get this so on im8bit.com for pre-order just in case if you want to take you know check it out i'm not being sponsored by 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 that company i just like the album and then they also have a Persona 5 Royale album as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Gonna go through a lot of stuff. Maybe not a lot of stuff, to be honest with you. A little bit of stuff today. A little tiny bit. Then we're gonna peace out, because I am tired. And I went for a, uh, a run today, and I just realized how god-awful I'm... I'm. You know how, like... You, you know how, like when you were in shape, you worked out and then you stopped and then you tried it again. And then you realize like how much damage you did to your body. That's what I'm kind of going through right now. And I even did like a really, really like light day of working out. Not necessarily what I did like two years ago when I really started to work out again. And then I stopped. I don't know working out as a mindset, not really like, you know, like you can, talk about all the healthy benefits of working out and it, it doesn't matter unless you want to do it and didn't want to do it for a long time and then I was like I got to do it now especially because my body fucking hurts man Jesus Christ then I try to do like push-ups that I would eat in my sleep today oh my god I was so weak today <laughs> ladies and gentlemen interesting podcast coming up right here on 24's podcast pretty dope stuff so right now I'm watching a little bit of NBA preseason right now watching the Nets go at the uh, the Boston Celtics I did not see KD play against the Washington Wizards and a lot of people are talking about how the Lakers if they go up against the Nets they're gonna lose and I I remember I saw like Jalen Rose and somebody else talking about how like You know, the Nets, they're going to beat, they're going to beat the Lakers this year or the the teams that could beat the Lakers. I'm like, that's just like nobody, nobody's going to beat the Lakers. The Lakers got better. They got deeper while also retaining their core pieces, a.k.a. LeBron, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like they got better offensively, maybe not offensively, but all around, right? And then it's like, like everybody thinks that, okay, if we get superstars on the team, then that means that we'll be able to win games. And it's like, yes and no, it kind of depends on who you get as evident by Kawhi Leonard and, uh, and Paul George, not even making it to the Western conference finals this year. Like I remember somebody was like, yeah, they're, they're going to be, they have the best chance of beating the Lakers. And, And then I saw somebody else like have Milwaukee high up and I'm like, so you mean the two teams that didn't make it to the Western conference finals? No, not the Western Conference Finals, but to their Conference Finals, they have the best chance of beating the Lakers? Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure that we're uh, you know, operating via logic and understanding and not just emotions and feelings. I'm just, just interested in how we're, we're going about our business here, ladies and gentlemen. So I got that on the background. I can't wait to see KD play. I can't wait to see Kyrie Irving play Kyrie Irving a couple of years ago in fact he still is like one of my favorite basketball players in the NBA it's just he's been hurt he's been playing on different teams things of that nature he hasn't necessarily been like like he he hasn't been playing because he's just been hurt and he's you know been on the Brooklyn Nets and then he was on the Boston Celtics and then it's just like you know it's just been it's just been a process to get to essentially today where he has gotten his LeBron James back where you know, at first he was like, I kind of want to get away from LeBron James. And then everybody was like, oh, man, like clap it up for Kyrie. Clap it up for Kyrie. He doesn't want to play with one of the best basketball players of all time. It's like, it's like, wait, like, like I, I remember people were like, I, I, I love and respect that Kyrie Irving. He doesn't want to do what everybody else wants to do this year or not this year. But in this NBA, in today's NBA, he wants to go out and do things on his own. And it's like, dude, like Celtics sucked with him. He's on his third team in, like, three, four years, right? It is what it is. It's Like, notice how everybody got really, really quiet about, like, how much they liked Kyrie Irving. I remember I saw something today about, like, how Charles Barkley thinks there is something wrong with, with Kyrie. Like, let me look it up. Like, and sometimes Charles Barkley, and a lot of times, like, Charles Barkley trolls and stuff like that, and that's kind of, like, that's kind of it. Let me check it out. Charles Barkley. Here it is. It's like the first thing that I look up. Charles Barkley. Fucking. um. Hold on. Charles Barkley, Kyrie Irving. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Where is this? He said it somewhere. I don't understand this. Like, he literally said this yesterday. This made, like... This was making, like, headline news. Maybe not headline news, but this is like, everywhere. And I just didn't really care enough to look into it. And then it's, like, now when I'm trying to find it. Charles Barkley and Kyrie Irving are bad messengers making some decent points. Okay, this is just nothing. This is, okay, so his quotes are just nothing. Okay, it's just Charles Barkley saying some dumb shit. I was reading the headline, and I was like, okay, I don't even care enough to read the article. Um and I read like a couple of headlines and I was like I don't care about this at all just like how I didn't care last uh, last night but I thought that it was interesting either way that it's like that he's like going on and talking about Kyrie and he was like one of the main guys to be like whoo I like I like Kyrie Irving not playing with LeBron for like the foreseeable future and po- possibly winning another one in Cleveland even though the uh, the Warriors they got Kevin Durant and that's okay LeBron has AD Kyrie has KD ironically enough it's like the guy that beat lebron is the guy that now goes to to brooklyn also by the way like notice how like when everybody was like you know what kevin durant ruined the league he ruined the it's like everybody was bitching for like a year to two years it's like jesus christ everybody just needs to stop complaining good god man but um, everybody was complaining about how KD essentially ruined the league and how, you know, uh, and how basketball sucks as a sport. And I roll my eyes because it's like, listen, man, just because the players figured out how to win championships ad nauseum with just stacking the deck against their opponents doesn't necessarily mean that it's necessarily something that I don't want to say you can complain about, but, like, like, just the, like, how, how do I explain it? The constant whining. The constant it's not fair. It's supposed to not be fair. It's like they're supposed to stack the deck against you. What, you want this to be a fair fight? Really? Really? Sorry. Uh this I don't I don't know what people think this is, but like like Kendrick Lamar had a great line on section 80, when you fight, when you fight, don't fight fair cuz you'll never win. It's Like come on. Like can we can we honestly be like adults here in this situation? This isn't fifth grade, you know, like you know, when, that's all that matters. It's like, notice how like the guys that were like, yeah, we're just not going to, uh, we're just not going to fucking, you know, uh, like, like notice how the people that were like, um, you know, Kyrie Irving shouldn't do this or LeBron James, uh, like how they hate all these guys joining up. Like notice how some of them didn't necessarily win championships. And, or they also had hall of famers on their team. Like, oh man, I just, I just, it, it irks me. It really irks me to see older players be like, you know what, guys? We literally never did this ever before. It's not like Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pittman were ever a thing. It's not like uh, Magic uh, Magic Johnson and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were never a thing or, or the Celtics in the 70s or the bad boy Pistons in the 90s or the San Antonio Spurs in the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s because they won in three decades. You know, it's not like any of those teams were actually a thing. We're just going to completely ignore all of these older teams and just imagine that all of our viewers are just middle schoolers or whatever and they just don't know what they're talking about. It's like, okay, this is awesome. All right, this is logical. I don't know. Anyways, um, what else do we got here? Before I kind of like transition out of this to literally something else. I don't know, just like basketball as a sport is just like I don't know, like like who who somebody made a video about this on YouTube and I and I really really like responded well to it or I I liked it a lot I guess that's just like the short and sweet of it. It's like I I really really dislike how fucking obnoxious like um like uh like fucking people complain about basketball and how it's like unwatchable today because of like all of these teams that, that, um, that are essentially ganging up on or not ganging up, but like getting all of the best players, essentially. Like, I'm like, dude, like, would you rather it be that we have all of these great players spread out and not have them winning championships? Like what was the main knock on KD before he won a championship? Oh, KD doesn't have a championship, right? So when he wins one, regardless of how it's won, people are like, yeah, you know, like, like, I don't like how he won it, with the Golden State Warriors and it's like well too bad tough shit he won it. it's like give him his credit he completely played the system and it worked as it should are we not going to talk about how the Toronto Raptors kind of sacked the the deck against the Warriors as well especially when the Golden State Warriors had a ton of injuries are we gonna now be like you know what Those, um, that championship doesn't matter because they weren't playing at full strength. It's like, no, it's like, uh, I mean, obviously the Warriors would have won it, but it's like, you know, give credit to the fucking Toronto Raptors. It's like, where is this notion? Where, where is this like lack of respect for just winning? You know, like, I don't, I don't get that one at all. Just like, yeah, you know, who cares if they win? I don't know. I'm a winner. So, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I actually like it whenever people fucking win and actually like, you know, get championships and stuff like, uh, champ. Yeah, championships. Excuse me. Maybe it's just me, but it's like, fuck, man. Goodness gracious, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyways, as I was saying, maybe I, maybe it's not that I don't get it. It's just I don't like it. You know, it's just I don't really like. You know. Whenever people are like, yeah, you know, this thing sucks and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, for for no particular reason. I mean, it is kind of trolling, but it's like, well, no, it's not trolling. It's just them being extremely literal. They're like, I hate this system because people win and I'm not. It's like, okay, they're just fucking hating. And it's weird to see, again, it's weird to see like Hall of Fame players, old ass dudes, like dudes that have like succeeded in life. Hating on basketball now, it's like, wait, what? Like it would be different if these were like guys that didn't do it. Like Paul Pierce, for example, hating on like D Wade is just like, it's just it makes sense because D Wade smacked him in his mouth in the um in in the regular season with LeBron. They took away Ray Allen. They took away Boston's um a uh, 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 dynasty essentially. So it makes sense for Paul Pierce to be fucking salty and anal about uh, the Miami Heat and also about the um <clears throat> about uh like LeBron James and things of that nature it's 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 obvious why he's like why he hates LeBron and why he wants to talk shit about LeBron because LeBron spanked him like he was his daddy but what I don't get is why like Charles Barkley for example hating on LeBron like I, I just I don't get it and the new generation of 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 basketball players and and then even like Shaq does it as well let me try and find the video of like old ass people of, of uh this guy talking about how, like, old-ass people hate on, um, no, I won't, I won't, because it's, I've essentially given you the synopsis for it, but there is this video of this guy really articulating way better than I could, essentially all of these old-ass players hating on the new NBA, and it's like, I don't, like, I just don't watch the fucking sport, man. There's better shit to do. If you dislike the NBA so much, you're a millionaire, it's not like you need the job, just fucking don't watch it. If it brings you this much dissatisfaction and this much grief, why are you killing yourself? Well, maybe not killing yourself, but why are you like causing yourself grief in turmoil? I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. That's what I don't get. It's the, it's the being in the abusive relationship and then complaining about the abusive relationship, even though you know it's an abusive relationship. It's like I don't get it. Anyways, moving on to something else of, uh, of note. man, am I tired. I'm going to take a very nice long nap. I took, I ate some steak today. I overcooked the shit out of it by accident. I kept on trying to touch it and I don't know. I, I, I let it rest for way too long as well. And I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely like, it's well done too. That's the disturbing thing is that like I was so off base with the temperature that it just was, it was overdone. It was overcooked, like way overdone. It was well done. And I was going for like medium rare. So surprise when I like, it was a gigantic surprise when I fucking cut into it. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're going to get a, uh, a fucking well done hunk of just meat. It's like, wow, this sucks to eat. By the way, I'm watching KD. KD looks like KD. He looks like KD. I'm not going to lie to you. He's driving to the basket. He's going up. He's making really, really awesome shots. It's it's kind of weird to see him play today versus when he was, you know, with Golden State. Because today, he's more of a, like, uh, he, he's driving a lot. He's not really shooting and pulling up. But when he was with the Warriors, he he, he was pulling up and i think that's more along the lines of like because of you know because of how the warriors play they're more of a perimeter team than you know having a strong inside game by the way i just i just kind of like recognize this i just have to ask everybody who's talking about how the nets are going to beat the lakers who else is on the next, uh, nets besides like deandre Jordan, uh kyrie irving and kevin durant cuz i i don't know who's on the nets right now bro not gonna lie to you. I don't know who's on the Nets. I don't really get it. I mean, I'm shrugging my show. I have no idea who that is. I don't know who 12 is. I don't know anything about the Brooklyn Nets except Kyrie, KD, and JD. Uh, is it Jordan? DeAndre Jordan. DJ. DeAndre Jordan. And obviously Steve Nash is coaching. Um, that was a weird hire, don't you think? Like, he's, I don't, I don't even know if he's ever had any coaching experience, like, ever in his entire life. Not at, like, the semi-professional league, not at the professional league, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of people are talking about, like, what's that broadcaster that's, uh, that, that says, man, there go mama, there goes that man, whoever that guy is, they're talking about how he's, like, what did he do? Who's the mama, there goes that man guy that's being blackballed by the NBA right now? What did he do exactly? I'm going to type in mama, there goes that man guy, and I'll see if I get the result. There goes that man. Yeah, it's, it's like one of the four. it's Mark Jackson. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there it is right there. Mama, there goes that man. Why is he blackballed by the league? Let me just do a, some research about this. Uh, why isn't I'll just type in why isn't he a head coach. Somebody's got to write an article about this. Sportscasting.com. Ryan, we'll read both of these because this is kind of interesting to me because everybody keeps on talking about how, um, how he's not – how he's not a head coach headline for the article via sports casting the author is Darrell Thompson is former Warriors coach Mark Jackson really blackballed in the NBA this was written July 4th happy 4th of July man I can't remember I like Like, I was like, man, it's already December. I can't remember us, like, as a country celebrating the 4th of July. And then I remember seeing, like, a lot of fireworks being blown up in L.A. And it literally looked, I got to look this shit up. Like, it literally looked like something out of a movie. Like, Los Angeles on the 4th of July when people were just lighting up fireworks. I know, like, New York City, for example, to, like, kind of prevent that from happening because there was, like, a fire You know, some place because people have no idea how to handle fireworks or idiots or some people don't, I guess. Uh, What was it? Uh, What was it? Uh, July. I'll just put in like 2020. Right. California. Boom. There it is. I found it. Hold on. Yeah, here it is. It's like this two minute long video and it's just fucking fireworks just popping off everywhere and I shit and again it looks like a movie I've never seen anything like that in my entire fucking life like ever ever I'm all for like doing some like doing whatever you want whenever you want however you want man but like I kind of get why like you can and cannot do certain things because it's like apparently somebody had like blown up a firework and it had like not blown up but it had like ignited a building or whatever and I was like how do you ignite a bill I've lit a lot of fireworks in my life I don't think besides like one that literally was like a it literally looked like a stick of dynamite I think it was like one of those thing I, I have no idea how this thing would work but it literally looked like a stick of I shit you not it was like a red cylinder with a long wick coming out of it I have no idea what I was supposed to do with it And it was me and my uncle, and we were just doing the dumbest shit ever. We were, for some unknown—well, I guess it was, you know, to make things easier. We were lighting, like, paper towels, and then we were using the, like, lighted paper towels to light the wicks because, you know, like, because of the stronger flame on the paper towels, right? So it burned the wick—what the fuck is that? Hold on. Kyrie Irving was like doing some spiritual stuff with like some smoke and he was like he he burned some <laughs> he burned like some incense and was like waving it around the state sorry for hitting my microphone he was like waving it around the stadium I was like wait what like what is what is that that was super weird to watch him do it. like again Kyrie Irving is a weird ass dude now <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie to you bro like he like he goes from like I, I like being like semi normal to now being like Dude, I don't, I I, dude, maybe not semi-normal, but I mean, who, who's truly normal? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, man, like, that incense shit, I mean, you know what, you know what, he's trying to ward off bad vibrations, you know what? It is what it is. But then, hold on. This is interesting, though. Should I talk about this? No, I'm not. I'm not. This is kind of like, it's kind of fucked if I talk about this. Unless, nah, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not gonna th- I was going to talk about something else, but I'm not going to talk about it. Anyways, back to um, me being distracted by the fireworks and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the, the fireworks, unbelievable, unbelievable what happened, I think, in Los Angeles this year. But also moving back to Mar, uh, Mark Jackson really being blackballed in the NBA. Andre Igadawa spoke recently, and again, this is last year on the 4th of July. Andre Igadawa recently spoke about former Golden State Warriors head coach Mark Jackson. Jackson was a hot commodity around coaching circles and helped create the foundation for the Warriors dynasty. Here's the thing, right? here's the thing. I'm not sure about that. I'm not, let me, let me kind of look up the Warriors. Let me kind of just make sure because I'm not lying man, the Warriors, they didn't play like the Warriors until Steve Kerr kind of came to town. It's like, yeah, you can, you can definitely make an argument that the Warriors had like, he got Klay Thompson, he got Steph Curry, but like how he used them completely different than how Steve Kerr used them. Especially if he like, like, let me let me just look it up. Let me just look up the Warriors, because it kind of depends on like when the Warriors kind of um, kind of came into their own here. Let me kind of see it. Who's their head coach? Hold on. I know. So, Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was there for three years. So, that 2014, okay, so, yeah, like, okay, okay, you know what? I'll give them some credit because they were like, oh, I don't know. I mean, they were like, they were winning, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Let me kind of just check out. I don't know. I mean, like, they, with him, they were able to, like, consistently go to the playoffs after his first year in the league. It was the second and then third year where they, were his winning percentage uh, start to significantly, started to significant, uh, significantly, excuse me, go up. But once you, like, go to Steve Kerr, like, again, Steve Kerr's winning percentage went from, like, like, uh, comparatively to Mark Jackson, who was winning, like, 62% of his games, Steve Kerr then won, like, 81, 89, 80, uh, 81 again, 70, 69. And then last year, um, because, you know, like, because all of their good players were hurt, they won only 23. But, for, like, for the most part, like, Steve Kerr has been, like, astronomically great, you know? but I don't know, man. I mean, if you want to say that, then I guess, but let me kind of see the points. How many points were they averaging per game? You're not going to tell me how many points they average per game? Basketball reference. Quick tip. Um, They have, like, all of these statistics and stuff like that. Like, uh, get rid of The regular season uh, finish within the division, it doesn't matter. Divisions in the NBA, they don't matter. Simple rating system, a team rating that takes into account average point differential. Dude, like, just give me how many points they're averaging. Relative pace, teams' possessions per 48 minutes relative to the league. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I don't understand these statistics, but it's like it just, why don't you have points, you know? it's like how many points you've scored in a game like the average i just uh, i didn't even have that which is weird it's like okay anyways let me uh, snuff out my candle flame and continue forward hold on anyways unfortunately his inability to get along with ownership resulted in him getting fired after a 51 uh, win season in 2014 in came Steve Kerr, and the team reached new heights, reaching, or not reaching, winning three championships in five seasons, which cemented Kerr as one of the game's greatest coaches. Andre Igadawa believes Jackson has been blackballed from getting another head coaching gig, so we will look at his comments to determine whether he was right about Jackson not getting his fair share. Yeah, pissing off owners is a pretty good way to get blackballed by the league. Never mind. <laughs> I'm like, never mind. It's, uh, that's, that's pretty easy. Blah 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 blah. They quote Charles Barkley. Here we go. Why Mark Jackson might be blackballed in the NBA. During that same Breakfast Club interview, this is referencing Andre Agadawa going to the Breakfast Club and talking to Angela Lee, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne and DJ Envy. I think that's what his name is. That's the uh, that's the interview that they're referencing. Igadawa offered his opinion about why Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, excuse me, still can't find a coaching gig. We don't know how close to Mark Igadawa's comments are, but they sound plausible. One particular issue, and this is the quote, uh, issue from what I heard, was his views on gender or marriage or what the Bible said on your sexuality. Oh wait, this isn't good. Our head of our head of our business, Rick Welts is celebrated as one of the top execs in sports on the business side, and he's gay. So there is conflict with that. That was widespread. It was that on top of issues with ownership. That was the crazy part. He he didn't have a great relationship with the owner. That ain't ever going to work. Yeah, but he also apparently doesn't like gay people. So I don't necessarily know if I would want a guy that's not necessarily going to get along with gay people in the league. That may. And I'm a win-win-win-win-win guy, but I'm also... Like, hey, if uh, this guy is kind of intolerable and slash or a like hardened criminal. And by hardened criminal, I don't necessarily mean that, oh, you smoke weed in your, in, in, you know, in, in your free time. It's like, no, uh, if you're like a murderer or a rapist, get him out of the league. So, yeah, um, intolerable, murderer, rapist, don't really care about drugs, to be honest with you, as long as you're not killing people over drugs. But it's like, I don't know. I love how we... <laughs> I love how, like, Andre Igadawa is, like, kind of just, just kind of, like, glossing over the fact that, you know, Mark Jackson may or may not necessarily get along with gay people. I'm like, I absolutely love that fact in that interview. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. The article then goes on to say, that is definitely a major reason to believe Jackson won't receive another head coaching job. Going against ownership, yeah, but they're also just not necessarily talking about the head of business, Rick Welch, as a celebrated is celebrated as one of the top execs in sports on the business side, and he's gay. Like, if he has a problem working with gay people, then that's not not necessarily uh, something that you may or may not want in your league, to be honest with you. So, blah, 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 blah. Jackson missed several opportunities to become a head coach again. The Lakers, Bucks, Knicks, Pacers, and Grizzlies are just a few teams that have made coaching changes over the last couple of seasons, but Jackson remains out of a coaching job. Whatever happened in Golden State has really soured Jackson's chances of getting a full-time head coaching opportunity. We think the safe bet would be to pick up an assistant coaching gig for a season, blah, 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 blah. However, we don't think that will happen as his gig with ESPN. Okay, blah, 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 blah. I don't really care. My only question is, because I didn't really get to see him coaching and stuff like that, it's like, honestly, how good of a head coach was he? you know? And how good of a head coach would he be in this league? Because, I mean, he was technically a head coach seven years ago, right? Basketball has changed a lot in seven years. And it's like, I don't necessarily, like, like it's the it's the exact same thing that I was talking about when Jason Garrett was an offensive coordinator and people were like, you know, he was a great offensive coordinator ten years ago. The Giants got a great one in Jason Garrett. And it's like, well, you know, like, football is a completely different sport than what it was, like, ten years ago. And the same thing kind of happens with basketball, where it's like, like 10 years ago they were using a lot of a lot more pick and rolls to and in a lot more drives on the inside instead of having a stronger perimeter game offensively and in really being a perimeter defender kind of what it was it, it didn't really mean as much as being a rim tr- protector excuse me but like like offensively and defensively again the league is changing i mean i'm watching a lot of like with Boston versus the um the nets it's a lot of perimeter passing you know Speaking of Boston versus New York, it's 33 to 15 Nets. I mean, they're they're fucking smoking Boston right now. I didn't know Jason Tatum had tattoos. I think he just got them. Those tattoos look like super fresh too. Anyways, I don't know, but I mean, he also has like a leg tattoo or whatever. Let's continue forward. Why isn't M. Jacks that's a weird way to call Mark Jackson. An NBA coach again, Russell lists tons of reasons. Let me see if one of those reasons is that he apparently didn't like one of the um, one of the guys for being gay. One of the what what is it? Rich Rells or Steve Wells, whatever his name is. Blah, 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 blah. Well, the Ringers, Ryan Russell dedicated about ten minutes of his podcast Friday explaining why Jackson is broadcasting instead of coaching. When it comes down to Mark Jackson, there are a lot of things that are brought up. Really, I think it comes down to this. You are either informed or uninformed. Well, I'm very uninformed on the on this subject, so educate me. If you, are in, if you are informed, you understand why Mark Jackson doesn't have a job. If you are uninformed, you are screaming all sorts of accusations for why Mark Jackson doesn't have a job. I had known the Warriors definitely wanted to go in another direction basically that entire season. 2013-2014, uh, that was the final season of Mark Jackson's tenure with the Warriors. And on top of that, that was also the season where I think they went to the Western Conference Finals. If I'm not mistaken on that. No, 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 no. They went to the first round. Continuing forward. Blah, 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 blah. And there are organizations that, hold on. I had known that the Warriors definitely wanted to go in another direction basically that entire season, and there are organizations that will not want to fire a coach even though they want to fire him. But they're like, can we really fire a guy when he led us to this improvement? And keep in mind, right, the Warriors at that point in time, they I don't think had gone to the playoffs in like five or six years, and uh, he had gotten them to like the Western Conference finals or semifinals, not finals. Uh the yeah, it was it was like it was a good like six, seven years. It was like the two thousand six to seven season was the first season where they went to the playoffs. Um in how many years? Holy shit, and almost in like thirteen, excuse me. So they go to the playoffs in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then they just don't for like one, two, three, four, five, five years. And then they go um, in 2012 to the Western Conference semifinals, and then they lose out next year in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. So, continuing forward with the article, Mark did a, a couple did a couple of really positive things. That team played very tough defense, but there are a lot of issues in, in, the front office had with Mark's approach. I think there are some concerns. Can we really go ahead and do this? And they... And they do, and then they win an NBA championship. Okay, so, like, I, this is very nondescriptive, unfortunately. I think they give me a hyperlink. Is this the, is it, okay, so it's it's a hyperlink to the podcast. It's an hour and four minutes. There's no, like, timestamp for it. We're not going to try and sift through it, but we'll kind of just keep it going. Blah, 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 blah. At this point, Russelo went over comments, uh, over the comments uh, Joe Lacob made in December of 2014 after the Warriors were off to a great start under Steve Kerr. Right now, Kerr looks great. I think he will be great. And he did, and he did the one big thing that I wanted more than anything else from Mark Jackson he just wouldn't do. In all honesty, which is hire the very best, Carte Blanche, Carte Blanche, I think that's how you say it. Take my wallet, do whatever it is to get the best assistance there are in the world. Period. End of story. Don't want to hear it. And Jackson's answer was, "Well, I have the best staff. No, you don't." And so was Steve. Very, very different. A little bit of context. Um, they fucking won that champion. They won the championship literally the next year. Like the year that Steve Kerr was the first uh, was a first year head coach, and I feel like Steve Kerr doesn't get like whenever people are mentioning Mark Jackson, they're like, well, he built the uh, the Warriors and the Warriors, uh, and the Warriors were like, you know, the Warriors were you know were essentially a championship ship team with Mark. Jackson. Bro, they lost in the first round of the playoffs, and it's like Steve Kerr for like the next three to four years was a perennial, just like technically five years was essentially you know the best team on the planet, you know, easily, by far, like, they blew through the Western Conference, like, it was nothing, the Warriors were insanely good, for like, five straight years, now they're bad, because all of their players keep getting hurt, anyways, continuing forward, part of it, and this is, I think, the owner still going on. Part of it was that he couldn't get along with anybody else in the organization. And look, he did a great job, and I'll always compliment him in many respects, but you can't have 200 people in the organization not like you. Ooh. Rousselot had a lot more to say, and I think this is the owner. No, this is the, uh, the guy on the podcast, on the 10-minute podcast. Uh, let's also talk about some of the other stuff that's just, let, let's face it, weird. Jackson is a man of faith. I don't, I'm, I'm a man of faith as well. Jackson is a man of faith. I don't question anyone's faith, but I know it rubbed some people the wrong way when he was a head coach, but also would find time to get to LA whenever he had a convenient off day to preach. A um, little bit of context about this uh, there's a lot of Christians in professional sports. Like a shit ton of Christians, right? So if you're a Christian and if you rub, other Christians the wrong way. And maybe, and and there's a lot of players, I should say, that are Christians. I wouldn't, I don't necessarily know the statistics on, like, front office people, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't, I don't know. But, like, usually the majority of athletes that are Christians, like, their faith, their religion doesn't, like, rub people the wrong way, you know? And we'll kind of look into it uh, a little bit more, right? And I'm pretty sure it has to do with the gay stuff you know like him not liking gay people. I'm pretty sure that's it by the way. Um if I'm not uh, if I'm not like mistaken on that, I don't necessarily think that it's like a bad thing that he would go off to LA to preach and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure that they're probably going to mention the gay stuff. Uh it's tough to tell a man of faith, "Hey, you know what? Don't be that interested in God." Really? People were saying that? That's kind of fucked up. Especially if he is religious, right? It's like, you know, technically speaking, he can do whatever he wants. He can believe whatever he wants. He can do whatever. I mean, that's, that's kind of a little bit fucked up if you're telling him, you know, don't be that interested in God. That's kind of fucking weird. That's an almost impossible conversation. But if, I, uh, but if I said to my boss, hey, I can't watch football this weekend because I have this higher calling. Eventually at work, they would be like, hey, you know what, man? This is all a part of the job. Being able to be around his employer at the time, being frustrated by it actually makes a little bit of sense. No, it doesn't, especially if he's winning basketball games and or in on top of that, it's my business. It's like I can do whatever I want with my free time. But if he's winning basketball games, hey, don't fucking touch it. Just don't. And by the way, if you want my honest opinion about it, how much do I actually believe that this is like something that um, was a serious issue with the Warriors? I don't believe this shit is all at all. Right. I don't believe that this is a serious issue at fucking all. And if it is, the owner is stupid for thinking that it is a serious issue because him like like again, if Mark Jackson is winning basketball games, for example, then I could care less what he's doing on the weekends or during his free time. He could be um, he, he can be a, a choir boy or engaged in the most debaucherous activity. He could be going to a whorehouse for all I care. Does he win basketball games? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, I don't care. Then no? Hey, maybe you should get maybe you should fucking stop fucking whores and uh and stuff like that and fucking, you know, go to the you know and start watching tape. Not saying that he did, but I'm saying it's like, you know, spend your free time more wisely. Anyways. Jackson also had some issues off the court when he was caught up in an extortion deal when asked about Jason Collins coming out as gay. He said, not in my locker room. Okay, this is the bad stuff. So it came off as if he was homophobe, if he was a homophobe, because there's kind of evidence that he is, right? And then when he was asked to clear that up, he said, I know his family, and I'm praying for them right now. Hey, man, save your effing, save your, I can curse, save your, hey, man, save your fucking prayers. That's the kind of stuff that just doesn't play no matter who you are, Absolutely. I have nothing personal And this is um, Once again The podcaster Talking about this He's essentially Like talking about Why he's fired And things of that nature While also quoting Mark Jackson And things of that nature So it's kind of hard To go in. And then other times He's quoting the owner So it's a little bit Confusing as to why He's like As to like It's hard to follow Is what I'm saying So I don't blame you If you're confused I was a little bit Confused on this I was like Is this the owner Is this the reporter Is he quoting Mark Jackson It's a little bit hard to read, but like that part where he was talking about how Jason Collins, who's a basketball player, I'm guessing, or, and then, and then on top of that, he had issues we already read, uh, with one of the top execs in the league, uh, for being gay, you know, and then the, uh, the other guy talking on the prop, excuse me. The other guy talking on the podcast was like hey man save your fucking prayers that's the kind of stuff that just doesn't play no matter who you are and it 1000% is it's it's probably the reason among other reasons I don't believe the whole BS with the church thing I think that's overblown I think that's a scapegoat I think that's a weak argument to not keep him in the league I think this shit right here where he's like not having it I, I by the way no idea how he still has a job if this shit is true And depending on, like, whether or not he still believes it is true, and he's just like, yeah, we're not, like, not in my locker room. I don't tolerate gay people or whatever. It's like, I have no idea how this guy uh, isn't fucking, you know, just out of the league entirely and just gone, by the way. I have nothing—this is the reporter, by the way, talking. I have nothing personal against Mark Jackson. He's one of my favorite college basketball players of all time. But I think the most important part of this— Of all of this, when I listen to him on the broadcast with Jeff Van Gundy, I think it hurts his chances of getting a job. Van Gundy mentions all of these little things that are smart and revealing. It happens multiple times every single broadcast. Jeff Van Gundy is easily the best NBA analyst right now. Mark doesn't do any of those things. Again, completely agree with him, besides just saying, man or mama, there goes that man, or some other dumbass. Like, I, and by the way, like, Jeff Van Gundy, I I can't stand him as a broadcaster. I literally listen to most nba games like i am right now on mute cuz i just i just can't take the broadcast who's on it right now NBA some guys are- oh um what's her name the sideline reporter who's also in the booth and somebody else i actually like this broadcast what's her name i can't remember her name i actually like their broadcast i think they have a great chemistry what's what's her name nba sideline reporters. Who are they? Doris Burke, right? She's actually fucking like really, really good as a um as a um as a as an analyst. Like she's not a color commentator. She's an analyst and I actually like it a lot. Like this is this is probably one of the only broadcasts that I watch besides like Chris Webber. Uh, Reggie Miller does a fantastic job as well. Um, I, I, I can't remember, like, color commentators and analysts, but, like, Doris Burke, Reggie Miller, essentially everybody who isn't the guys that cover the NBA Finals, like, all of them do a great job, so. And the NBA Finals are Al Breen. Even Al Breen I really, really like a lot, but, man, it's, Mar- like, Mark Jackson, Jeff N. Cundy, they absolutely kill the broadcast mm-hmm. for me. Continuing forward, uh, blah, 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 blah. He'll say this and this is his analysis of Mark Jackson. He'll say this guy's not just a great scorer, he's a great individual. Okay. So and so doesn't get enough credit for his shooting. Okay, it's very minimal depth. Jeff runs circles around him on the broadcast. It might remind people, owners, and GMs to go, wait, why is this one guy way better <laughs> way better at talking about the game than the other guy? I concur. But I don't think it's one of the significant reasons why he's being blackballed. I think the owner thing, him disagreeing with the owner and the gay stuff is probably way more important. When it comes specifically to Mark Jackson, there are the uninformed and the un- and the there are the informed and the uninformed, and hopefully if you've revisited this, you're more informed now. Nothing else needs to be said. Yeah, I can kind of understand why he's being blackballed by the league and rightfully show. So if, if he has a problem coaching um players that are gay then that's fucking like I mean that's like being like you know what I have a problem with coaching players that are black it's like fuck you man get out of the league I don't give a fuck who wants them in the league and I've seen way too many people just like not like 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 that was a five minute article not even five minutes you could read that in like three minutes but it's like if he's like I'm not gonna have gay people in my locker room at all whatsoever the gays can't be in my locker room the straights they can be lesbians We'll talk about it. But Gaze, uh-uh, can't have him in my locker room. It's like, really, bro? Okay, get up, get out. And then on top of that, right, again, I haven't seen his schemes. I haven't seen his offensive and defensive philosophies and things of that nature. And just because, by the way, Andre Igadawa likes him as a player doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a great coach in this league. And every, like, let me let me fucking look up how many times. I gotta. I just got to look this up. So, sorry for that, and just to like see, right? Just to see how many people are going to defend him, without actually like googling it and taking fucking five minutes out of their day to to read like a three minute article. The two minutes could be it could be in search for googling. Hold on, what is it? Mark Jackson blackballed. Let me see if I get anyone talking about it. Andre Agassi was talking about it. I'm going to type in Mark Jackson ESPN cuz this isn't what I want. Here we go. What's his face? What's his face? This guy um Chris Chris Bussard, I think that's what his name is. Okay. Let me um Let me fucking check this out and it's going to sound weird. The audio is kind of weird. I can't really do anything about it. Hold on. Let me kind of just fast forward through this. Here we go. Let's see if Chris Broussard is going to be honest and a talk about why Mark Jackson is being blackballed by the league. He one thousand. For, if he knows anything about Mark Jackson, if he has done just fucking a little bit of research about Mark Jackson, and this is by the way on June 26, two thousand nineteen, so this is before either one of the articles that was written, um, was posted. But he should know, being a NBA insider, what's going on with Mark Jackson. And I, I, I twenty bucks. Twenty bucks says Mark, ja- uh, not Mark Jackson. Chris Boussard is going to dance and act like he doesn't know why he's being blackballed, but he knows that he's being blackballed from the league, right? He understands that he's being blackballed, but he's not going to tell you why. He's going to be why he's being blackballed. Here's Chris Boussard talking about Mark Jackson and why he is being blackballed from the NBA.
1: it's the Warrior. So, there's that. With Mark Jackson, I undoubted, there's no doubt in my mind,
0: he Again, the audio is weird. I can't do anything about it.
1: He's been informally blackballed by the nba
0: or not informally formally let's get that straight formally blackballed bald excuse me by the league and it says white,
1: white, ball. white right okay when i say that i mean i don't the league obviously hasn't sent anything out hey don't hire mike jackson they've hired mark jackson to be a broadcaster yeah, right. I,
0: so that's not a i don't think the only owner- it's first and foremost broadcaster head coach completely two different things right completely two different things Right. And I think like I like I don't necessarily know how the league works, but I don't think the league has like command over who's a broadcaster and who isn't. I think it's the networks that post the um, not post, but like play the uh, the uh, the games. Like, I don't think the league has any saying who's a broadcaster and who isn't
1: have conspired and said, look, none of us hired Mark Jackson. That's what I mean by informal. But his relationship with Joe Lake of the owner was not good. And that was the main problem. That he had in Golden State. That last like- talk about the gay stuff. This year they really didn't talk to each other very much, and we know the owners is an old boy network mm-hmm. even still. And Lakeup I'm sure, has been you know he just tells other owners, man, I you don't I know would that. stay away from that guy. It was problem, you know. And because basketball-wise, Mark Jackson, look, I give Steve Kerr credit for taking him to a level right. none of us thought possible, yeah. right? But Mark Jackson was a very good coach. And the confidence he instilled in Clay and Steph,
0: I think if I'm Minnesota and I wait, 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 the confidence that he instilled within Clay and Steph, you know, not the, you know, uh, mentorship, not the ability to essentially, not not the perimeter game that was installed with Steve Kerr, not the you know, ability to shoot or the ability to, um, to learn how to shoot the way that they did. Nope. He just instilled confidence within Steve, not Steve, uh, Curry and Clay. That's, that's his contribution. That's his big contribution. Confidence, not actually anything that actually has to do with anything that's on the court, just confidence. And even then it's like, if you're in the NBA, you're, you're a pretty confident basketball player.
1: Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, I'm looking at saying I want him to instill that in them. If I'm Chicago and I've got all these good, young, talented players, I want that type of coach for them. So the fact that he has not even had an interview, let alone gotten a job, he's undoubtedly
0: been blackballed. But why? Why besides that? It can't just be that because there's other owners. If he's a great head coach or a good one, if he says that, Other owners are going to be like, hmm, you know, Joe Lakop or Jacob Lakop, whatever his name is, he's like, yeah, you know, that's the Warriors owner. But, you know, the Warriors, this is before Steve Kerr, by the way, won anything. Uh, The Warriors, they kind of suck. I'm going to kind of, you know, trust my gut and necessarily and and go ahead and necessarily go in another direction. Doesn't mention anything about the gay stuff, by the way.
2: For me, Skip, uh, Mark Jackson reached out to me and he basically said because he wanted to clear up some things that Iggy had said on the breakfast club and he said I didn't have church I never had church at that facility with anyone I never expressed my views publicly
0: again I don't I think this is overblown I don't think anyone and and by the way Mark Jackson is fucking lying through his teeth okay um everybody fucking knows that this dude was a christian everybody there is i I think there is um i don't I don't think that he had church, and I've read a little bit up on this besides the articles that we just read, but he didn't have church uh, at the facility, but he did have like he did preach at churches where players went to go to church. But again, I think this whole Christianity thing is blown up. I think it's a whole just ridiculous, blown out of report proportion. I think it's I think it's a uh, just a a non factor here. I think the issue with the owner. And by the way, it seems like the owner was fucking right considering how easy it was for Steve Kerr to just win basketball games uh, with his staff versus Mark Jackson's staff. And then on top of that, the gay stuff as well. Like, I don't think that this is a big issue, but, you know, Steve Kerr, maybe not Steve Kerr, uh, Mark Jackson. If what he just said, if what Shea, uh, Shannon Sharp Shea Sharp just said is true and Mark Jackson just said, like, he didn't. Well, like, like, it's a clever way of saying, like, like he said, I didn't preach at the facility. And it's like, yeah, you didn't, but you definitely preached towards the players because they went to your church my guy it's a clever way of being uh of of answering the question i never had
2: church at that facility with anyone i never expressed my views publicly with anyone on gay marriages folks are all assuming now there have
0: been i mean there's been quotes about you saying that specifically with players in the locker room that that's not that's not necessarily um what i want to do or not necessarily not uh not what i want to do excuse me but that's not in my locker room, and if, and that's just like, what's, what's the, that, that's like a political statement, he's like, you know, I've never said, I've never said any, I, I've never expressed my opinions about any of what I did, but I'm not going to say that I didn't do it, right, like in that whole read that Shannon Sharp just did, not once did Mark Jackson deny what he said, not once did he elaborate on his beliefs, because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, what's it called? It's kind of like um the, uh, the 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 players for the Clippers being like, "Bro, I'm not playing uh for this racist owner." And this is before the new owner kind of came to town, right? I'm not going to play with this racist owner that's that's like talking what wh- uh, that's talking about um that's talking about players as like you know, referring to them as the N-word and I think by like monkeys and stuff like that or whatever. I don't know. But I know, like, what the Clippers owner was saying was really, really, like, fucking racist. And people were like, bro, I'm not playing for this guy. And then the NBA had to come in and be like, yeah, bro, you're fucking out. You're done. Let me also, uh, what was it? And it was, like, the hot girlfriend that, like, got him up, got him out. It's Donald Sterling. Donald, Sterling, who's his girlfriend? I'm just trying to look up who this girlfriend is, because I was like, I I saw her in, like, the fucking, oh, no, never mind, okay, yeah, she's, like, semi-hot, that's so weird, because she's black, too, like, she's light-skinned, too, that's so fucking weird, I don't know, man, I don't try to understand people who are racist, but Jesus fucking Christ, man, that's so weird, he's like, he has a black girlfriend, and then he's racist to black people, I don't know, it's weird, man, church,
2: I never had church at that facility with anyone, I never expressed my views publicly with anyone on gay marriages. Folks are all assuming
0: now. So again, he says, I've never done this. I've never expressed my opinions. I've never preached, which he did. He did preach to the players, but not at the facility. Right. It's like the um, the sneaky way of getting away with something. It's like the uh, the lawyers uh, roundabout way of kind of denying something or the politicians roundabout way of denying something. He's like, I never did this. I never preach at the facility, but I did preach to the players off of this facility, and I also, you know, I've never expressed my opinions about gay marriage publicly, but I won't deny that I didn't say those things or that I don't believe these things, more specifically.
2: there been several occasions that he's refuted. This is not the first time, but he's refuted a lot of what's been said about him.
0: I wouldn't say that's a refutation, Shannon. That's just like... That's saying I didn't... Uh, that's saying my uh, my thoughts and my opinions. Has he refuted that? Let me just look it up. May, let, me, let me do my journal. Like, but here's the thing, right? Those articles that were written were posted after this. That's the interesting thing, is that it wasn't like these articles were written before this video came out. Those articles were written after. I'm not necessarily sure about, like, about, like, the validity of Mark Jackson specifically and his quotes, but you know, I could be wrong. We'll, we'll kind of continue forward with this, but again, like I wouldn't call that a refutation. I would just call that him just cleverly obf- obfuscating the truth or making the, the truth more like less clear, I guess.
2: And, and, and how attributed him. attributed to correct. Yeah. Attributed to him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Skip. I just wanted to clear oh, that up. you are
0: right
1: because he said, like, when he was asked about the gamer, he just said, "No, I'm praying for Jason mm-hmm. Collins." When right. He about, so he
0: he hasn't. He didn't. He by the way, he didn't say that. Fuck, man. Oh, God. He didn't just say that, right? We just read the article. He didn't just say, "I'm praying for Jason Collins," which is kind of fucked up when you when you think about it. Because it's like there's nothing wrong with him being gay. Here we go. He said, the first quote is, uh, and this is from the article, and this is the reporter talking about Jackson, and he's going to quote Jackson here in a little bit. But the first quote is, Jackson also had some issues off the court where he was caught up in an extortion deal when asked about Jason Collins coming out as gay. He said, not in my locker room. So it came off as he was homophobic because there's kind of evidence that he is. And then when he was asked about, then and then, excuse me, when he was asked to clear that up, he said, I know his family and I'm praying for them right now. Not for him. Praying for them right now. It's like, why would you need to pray for them if, you know, if you don't have a problem with gay people, you know? Again, again, Chris Bussard is trying to go to bat with uh, with Mark Jackson, but I mean... I, I wouldn't want him in the league if these, if if what if what is going on is true, and these arguments and not even arguments, but what they're saying isn't necessarily a um. It, it's not it's not a good defense in Mark Jackson's uh, defense. It's just like it's like Chris Bruchard just misquoted what Mark Jackson said. Not praying for him. He said he's praying for his family. It's like oh God, man.
1: I don't ever recall him coming out and Mm -hmm. condemning anything like
0: that. He 1,000% did. He just said, not in my locker room. We just read it.
2: It I hate the term. Like somehow we, it's, no, got, it's, it. got right. tribute, it's got it's got attributed to negativity. Yeah. We don't want to eat dark meat chicken. We're scared of the dark, you know, black market. You know, I'm saying Black Friday, all, all that good right. bread. I say white ball because because see Skip uh, uh, Chris, you know in our community we blackball somebody. That just means we don't mess with you. We can't prevent <laughs> prevent you from coming and going. Right. But when they whiteball you, they can inhibit your ability to get a right. job mm-hmm. in said environment. I hear you. I hear you. the Andre Iguodala Skip, and I, and I've said this, having been an athlete and. I have a very unique perspective because I wasn't always as they know me in Denver as '84. I came in as '81. So I was a seventh round draft pick skip when you get injured. Okay, you're injured. There was really no expectation. But the better you became, the more they needed you out there. And they just sort of think, hey, you okay? I know you You don't have to be worried, but I know you'll be ready to go on Sunday. <laughs> it's just Wednesday. I know you're going to be. You see, my ankle, my ankle, bigger than a balloon. You're talking about going on Sunday, but you, you, hey. Take take as much time as you need. Everything's gonna be okay. And then your teammate, you good? Hey, bro, that game plan. You see that game plan? Man, that thing got you heavily involved. They they know you're gonna be ready. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just Skip. That's just that's just the way it is. Uh, and <clears throat> go. This is not unique to Golden State. Even though <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, Joe. I like Shannon Sharp a lot. I have no idea what he just said. Like I have no idea how this is like relevant to anything that's kind of been said over the last like couple of minutes i guess i don't know
2: they said they're light years ahead this is not unique to them basically what they're saying is that they value winning and they were willing to roll the dice with kd's help with clay thompson's help they were willing to roll the dice
0: oh a little bit of context of what um so a little bit of context of what shannon sharp is saying i was like how how does this relate to anything about mark jackson so during the interview with Andre Igadawa, a little bit of context that I didn't give you. Andre was asked about <clears throat> Kevin Durant's injury, right? Because if you don't remember last year, Kevin Durant had gone in, he was hurt. He didn't want to play. Um he played anyways while he was hurt and he fucking, you know, got hurt again. And I mean he's essentially been out for a year and a half, essentially, right? And what Shannon Sharp is talking about here is he's talking about, you know, how you know uh you know like like essentially like people like edging you on to try and play and like give you a little bit of pressure and stuff like that for you to play and things of that nature um he's not talking about mark jackson anymore and the reason why he's not is because the segment that they're on right now is kind of uh it, it's about two it's about mark jackson but it's more specifically about kd and uh him being injured and stuff like that let me also try and find somebody else from espn talking about this can't really find it but um it's not here I love how like somebody made a video about it and they're like he created a, he created a dynasty and um he never got a shot and it's like well he didn't create a dynasty he just um well uh, technically Steve Kerr did technically I don't know it wasn't like he actually won a championship with the Warriors. And some people are going to say, well, if he had another year, I I don't think if he had another year with the Warriors, he would have won. To be honest with you, it may have been the Clippers or the Rockets because they were not as dominant as they were with, with, um, with Steve Kerr versus Mark Jackson. But, you know, that's my opinion. All right. I think that's the end of Mark Jackson and all that other good stuff. I'm my legs are tired. I gotta sit down. I gotta run in the morning, anyways. Hold on. As I scoop my chair all the way back. Whew! Awesome, awesome, awesome. I think KD and Kyrie are still playing. Let me kind of just check it out. Let me also move my water bottles. Not sure. I think they are. That's Kyrie right there, right? Misses a three. Score's still 57 to 37. This is preseason, by the way. Let me put on my blanket. My feet are cold here. This is preseason basketball, by the way. So, I mean, like, you know, it's preseason. It's not, like, regular season. So, obviously, this stuff doesn't matter. The two teams aren't necessarily going to play the same way during the season as they would preseason. But I think it's very interesting that they aren't, that, that you know, well, no, not really. I Like, it's preseason. Anything can go in the preseason. Players aren't necessarily playing that, you know, that hard. They're not really trying to win. This isn't, you know, postseason or even regular season, you know. I remember I was, like, reading this article about, like, baseball and how, like, there are certain teams that will fucking, like, lose a hundred games in a season. Like, it's just, it's like, have you ever heard of that? Like, losing a hundred games in a season? Isn't there, like, a hundred and seventy games or something ridiculous like that? I don't know. It's just weird to me. that baseball would lose like a lot of fucking people or not a lot of fucking people but a lot of games Ooh, that sounded terrible I was reading I was like on my phone and I was reading this article about Stefan Diggs and I was like oh wait a lot of people I was like that's I, I don't know my brain works we're not a lot of people but like a lot of games sorry but I'm gonna transition to Stefan Diggs Cool, a David Goggins article. God, my phone knows me so well. So what is he talking about? Who wrote this article? They wrote Fugazi into the article, and I was like, Jesus Christ. What's the workout? Calisthenics, workout one, 45 minutes. The workout jumping jacks for 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. 10 jumping jacks, 10 push-ups, repeat. 10 fucking minutes. 115 altering lunges, 110 unassisted sit-ups, two 25-second push-up planks. What is that? 25 unassisted sit-ups, 10 jumping jacks, 10 push-ups, 3 sets. God. Calisthenics workout two, one hour. Goodness gracious, this is ridiculous. has yeah, it's like 140 lunges, 140 squats, 140 lunges, 100 squats, one minute rest slash hydrate, 250 jumping jacks, one minute rest hydrate, 230 sit ups, one minute rest slash hydrate, 180 push ups, 10 reps every 30 seconds. Uh, do that 18 times. One-minute rest slash hydrate. 25 arm haulers. 25 push-ups. Repeat four times. Jesus Christ. The 4x4x48. A pure test of mental strength. The concept of the 4x4x48 is actually pretty simple. Run for four miles every four hours for every 48 hours. Fun. Yeah, that's impossible. (laughs) i like, I can't do that. I actually, you know. No, the push-up challenge, nobody's going to do. Fucking a thousand push-ups, bro. Did you know that if you did 17 push-ups every minute for an hour, you would have... Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's Goggins. The burpee test. I'm not doing the burpee test. Come on, bro. Look up David Goggins. Fucking animal. Jesus Christ, man. The New York Post just wrote a... uh, Okay, that's a dumb article. Okay, let me go back to Stefan Diggs, the Stefan Diggs quote, or not quote, but the article. By the way, I just saw an article by by somebody talking about the Mandalorian and Bill Burr's uh, character. This episode of the Mandalorian, oh my god. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. If you're a fan of the Mandalorian, you got to watch it. me scroll back up to Stefan Diggs. Here it is. Stefan Diggs, this is the, uh, this is from 24-7 sports. I- no, zone coverage. Stefan Diggs was right about the Vikings offense. And I remember a couple of days ago, I was trying to find this article where this guy was talking about how, well, duh, the Vikings, they were, uh, they had success in 2017. That's why, uh, they're going to run the football with Dalvin Cook instead of running it or throwing it with Stefan Diggs, even though Diggs back then was like their best player. Because, that, uh, And to be honest with you, you know what? I would say that Diggs would still be their best player on the team, yes, despite how good Dalvin Cook has been. Yeah, I said it. I said it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Let me look up Dalvin Cook's numbers. He has over 1,000 yards, right? Yeah. He has 1300. Yeah. Stefan Diggs would still be their best player. A little bit of context about Stefan Diggs during that 2017 season. And even, I think even last season as well, Stefan Diggs had like, he, like he had less than a hundred targets. Right. And by the way, Dalvin cook is being fed like a fucking monster. He already has like 273, you know, attempts, right? How many, how many did Zeke have in his like, heyday? That's what I want to know. How many carries? He had 322, right? Dalvin Cook is probably going to break Zeke's record. Like, he had 322. Dalvin Cook is at 373. Maybe not. He's had, other, He like, like, I would have thought that, well, it kind of depends on the game. I'm not sure. Kind of depends. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, let me read the Stefan Diggs article. With the Minnesota Vikings trading Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills, it appears that both teams got what they wanted. Diggs has become a top target for the Bills while the Vikings used the deal to acquire Justin Jefferson and several young draft picks to help with an inevitable rebuild. And keep in mind, the Vikings are in a rebuild even after they were a Super Bowl contender like three years ago. At first glance, the benefits for both teams make this a win-win deal, but just when analysis of the trade was getting put to rest, another layer popped up that spawned another debate. Dig spoke to ESPN earlier this week. This was for Monday Night Football, by the way, if you don't know. And among several topics was his departure from Minnesota. Most of, the, most of the reports that had surfaced since the trade were confirmed by Diggs with the keynotes being that the Vikings were not in his best interest and may have been untruthful about their desire to center the offense around the running game. For a fan base that loves their hardworking blue-collar players, these comments may not sit well with Vikings fans. However, they can't deny that Diggs was right about Mike Zimmer's offense. Because their offense sucks now. Uh, Coming into week 15, excuse me, not 13, week 15, Diggs leads the, the NFL with 100 catches as the top target on a team that relies on John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis as secondary options. Diggs has gotten his wish to become a pure alpha receiver, which could be read as he cares about his stats more than the team. Continuing forward. From that lens, there's no reason any Vikings fans should be upset about his trade, about this trade. Well, I mean, you kind of should be because you gave up one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he, you know, he was essentially one of your best players on the team who cares about if he cares about his stats. All players care about their stats. They just don't necessarily voice that they care about their stats that much. It's like caring about some something, but you don't, you know, talk about it because you don't want people to know that you care about it. But yeah, every player cares about their stats, even if they say that they don't. Even in the Vikings' run first offense, uh, Jefferson and Adam Thielen have put up Pro Bowl numbers with Jefferson chasing Anquan Bolden's rookie receiving record and Thielen having 12 touchdowns on the season. Oh, okay, and then they link somebody giving their opinion on Twitter, which I don't really care. Even in Kevin Stefanski's run-first offense, Diggs put up a career high of 1,100 yards and 17.9 yards per reception in 2018. Even with fewer opportunities, Diggs was still a pro bowler player, which could make Vikings fans believe he should shut up and collect his money. Who wrote this article? Because this article is starting to really become like like one-sided against Stefan Diggs. Uh, we'll see. But this is a trade that goes beyond the stats. Although Diggs put up monster numbers, even without Thielen in the lineup, the Vikings were still reluctant to air it out when they needed to. This left Diggs with 55 fewer targets than he saw in my article moved up slightly, my bad, in 2018 and had him questioning whether he was utilizing the best way to help his team win. Yeah, like, losing 55 targets is a fucking gigantic drop-off uh, for a wide receiver because you just don't touch the ball at all. Like, as much as people complain about wide receivers, complaining about not getting the ball enough, they actually have a point um, when you compare them to running backs who, like, I mean, again, Dalvin Cook has, is going to have, like, 300 carries on this season. Wide receivers may or may not get that in three to four seasons. 300, like, attempts, by the way. But we'll see. Um, continuing forward. Blah, blah, blah. Sunday's loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may have been the game that validates Diggs' main point. Minnesota came out defiant against the Bucks' top-ranked run defense and made sure Dalvin Cook became the first running back to top 70 yards against Tampa Bay this season. In fact, Cook wound up with 102 yards, which means the Vikings' initial game plan worked perfectly such an approach will work well when the Vikings are playing bad teams okay when Cook has gone over 100 yards against a sub500 team this season, the Vikings have gone th- uh, three and one the only loss by the way to the Dallas Cowboys I think yep to the Cowboys. This is what Zimmer would probably write on on his grease board to defend his uh, to defend this approach but when the Vikings have played a team over 500, the Vikings have gone 1-2 and two when Cook has gone over 100 yards. If the goal is to produce as much on the ground as possible, why have the Vikings barely inched above 500 when Cook has done his job? Better yet, why have the Vikings not performed better against playoff teams when Cook has turned in a spectacular performance? It goes back to Diggs' original point. The passing game isn't something that Diggs wants to use to get personal stats. Instead, he believes it was the best chance for the Vikings to win football games. Thank you. Do whoever wrote this article? Who wrote this article? Like it took him a long time. Chris Shad, I think that's what his name is. Finally got to the point. Finally, it's like thank you. He gets it. Chris Shad gets it. Here we go. The passing game isn't something that Diggs wants. Blah 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 blah. To win, uh, uh, instead he believes it was the best chance for the Vikings to win football games. They have plenty of weapons available and even swapping out digs for Jefferson. Kirk Cousins has averaged 8.2 yards per attempt in 2020, the fourth best marked uh, mark behind Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and yes, my guy, Rain Dakota Prescott, a.k.a. Dak Prescott. By comparison, the Vikings have been blessed with Cook's five yards per carry this season, but that ranks seven, seventh excuse me, in the league. If you're not good at math, this also means that they have averaged over three more yards per play when they throw the ball. But the efficient passing numbers haven't led to less conservative approach, to a less conservative approach, excuse me, with the Vikings hell-bent on establishing the run, Gary Kubiak ordered a slow methodical drive with, um, excuse me, drive um, down 17 points in the second half. Needs an editor, whoever wrote this article. They took nearly nine minutes off the clock and inadvertently helped close out the game. There are other factors, such as a relentless pass rush that pounded Cousins into the turf, but the Vikings shot themselves in the foot by being so determined to run the ball, and it wound up costing them. Uh, It it kind of goes on um, what I was talking about last night with the Chargers versus the Raiders, where the Raiders were taking forever. They took 10 minutes to score um, a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it's like, yeah, it would have made like, like, like it took them, not even in the fourth quarter, it took them 10 minutes. It was at the start, I think of the fourth. No, it was the start. It was bottom of the third quarter. And then they took it essentially all the way down into like the, into like six minutes or seven minutes left in, in the, uh, in the fourth quarter to score a touchdown. And I was constantly talking about how like they needed to score fast because just like they gave their defense 10 minutes of rest and the Chargers just went down their throats once again. They just went down the field, excuse me, with Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert once again. I think the first play from scrimmage was like a 30-yard run with Austin Eckler or something ridiculous like that. And I was like, yeah, um, that's, that's a great way to start off. You know, your drive, your defense got 10 minutes of rest and uh, they still couldn't stop the Chargers from doing anything. And uh, the, the Chargers really should have won that game easier, but they missed two field goals, one of which was their kicker's fault. The other one um, uh, wasn't because it was a long-ass field goal. There are other facts, blah, 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 and it wound up costing them. This is especially true on second and long where the Vikings have the highest run rate in the league for a play that sets them up with a third and five rather than a third and two. Going back to last season, the same stubbornness nearly cost them a wild card win against the New Orleans Saints. With the Vikings holding a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter, they decided to try to run the clock out, then opting to go for the win. The decision to play not to lose allowed the Saints to get back into the game and force overtime until Minnesota won a coin flip that gave them the ball to start overtime. A little bit of context about that game. I don't think the Saints were going to win it. Like the Saints, Drew Brees had played really, really badly in that game. Um, that was one of his worst games, I would say, of the season. And um, I thought Minnesota throughout that entire game was going to win that, that game, by the way. Continuing forward. One big pass, pass play, excuse me, to Adam Thielen. And a fade to Rudolph and the Vikings have their first road playoff victory since 2005. But this doesn't just apply to holding on against a, a good team. It can, It also can benefit the Vikings while playing against a bad team. During their recent hot stretch, they've had one possession victories against the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to mention the Cowboys, but also dropped another one possession game to the Dallas Cowboys. All, the, all of these games were closer because the Vikings were so, run heavy, so, were so run heavy early and only allowed the passing game to take off when it absolutely had to. This is the same problem, by the way, that plagued the Dallas Cowboys for years until this year where they were like, yeah, we're going to have a more modern offense. And what we're going to do is we're going to try and run the ball and assert our dominance over teams in the first half. And in the second half, if we need, you know, to, to pass the ball, we will. Instead of opening up with the pass, which gives you more yards, which also gives you more touchdowns, which is essentially the way that offenses should be playing. But coaches and teams are still stubborn and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to continuously run the ball. And whoever wrote this article, uh, I, I forgot his name already, uh, absolutely right. And hits the nail on the fucking head. In the, uh, in the sense of, you know, this team, if they're going to be going up against bad teams, they kind of need to get leads early and then they can run the football and then they can burn out more clock. Um, but people, for some weird reason, they're like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. Doris Burke, Mark Jones, the guys in GAL that are uh, casting the game and I think Cassidy Hubrith is on the sidelines right now. I like this broadcast for Celtics versus um, Nets. All right, continuing forward. Blah, 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 run heavy and only allowed the passing game to take off when it absolutely had to. Minnesota went 2-1 and one in these games, but again, none of it was easy. With the Vikings hosting the Chicago Bears this week, it's possible this debate could come up, come up again. The Bears are ranked fifth in Football Outsiders, defensive, uh, defensive DVOA metric, but the Vikings will likely try to run the ball anyway which in turn will keep Chicago in the game because they'll be down by seven rather than multiple scores against a more explosive offense. This is something that I've constantly talked about all season long, where it's like, if you take, if, if you can either take time of possession or take points, take the points, always take the points. You can always get time of possession later. And by take the points, I mean like scoring touchdowns, right? Not a touchdown in a quarter, but like multiple quarters or multiple in one quarter. I'm trying to remember like who did that, like who turned on the gas, Against uh, one team and they just like, the game just got out of reach. Let me kind of check it out. It either happened this weekend or last weekend or I'm not really sure. Let me just check out the NFL schedule. Hold on. NFL schedule. Let me kind of just check it out here. Who turned on the gas during this week? During like last weekend's games? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't know. The, the The concept is valid regardless of whether or not I can think of the example that happened last week because there's been a ton of examples that's happened uh, over the last couple of years of like the vice versa happening where it's like teams try to run out the clock. And, uh, they give, and they're either down by seven points or 10 points. And they think that this is the 1990s and teams can't just go up and down the football field and their defense isn't playing very well. And they're like, yeah, we'll just run the football instead of actively trying to score and win the game. Continuing forward with the article. This is a key reason why the Bills have enjoyed a 10-3 and record after giving Diggs the keys to the offense, and the Vikings are fighting for a playoff spot at 6-7. and seven. Should the Vikings opt to start using their passing offense more, it should help them because uh, become more effective elsewhere. Unfortunately, that's about as likely as Zimmer and Diggs getting coffee in the near future. Where, uh, Chris Slad, who wrote the article, absolutely right on this. If they had opted for—if they opt out now, or opt, excuse me, for a— a um a passing driven offense, they probably won more basketball games or football games, excuse me, because their offense with their passing game is far better than their running game. It gives them more yards and more touchdowns. and it is what it is. anyways, let me kind of stand up to finish off the uh the podcast here. I have something pulled up for, uh, for, uh, the mock draft network. And I was like, do I really want to like, I don't really want to talk about it. It's like, nah, not really. I'll kind of get into that probably this weekend. I'm so excited to wake up. I'm so sore, but I'm so sore right now, but I am mucho excited. Oh, to literally just like wake up in the morning and like, guys, oops, sorry about that. I'm surprising on a video. To, like, talk about the, um, you know, college football and stuff like that. Oh, my bad. Which, let me stand up one more time. I just needed a, a, a like, a small rest. My legs are tired. <clears throat> stand up and move my chair back so this weekend we got a lot of college football to to cast to look at and talk about a lot of college football let me unplug my computer first hold on I'm not wearing my hoodie anymore but I am wearing the chains apologize if you can hear it how cold is it in my room Oh, it's not that cold. I slept with the heater on for like the first time all year, maybe besides since like January. I was super comfortable. I may I may do it again tonight, but I don't know. It's like sometimes it gets like so cold that I like constantly like shake and stuff like that. I don't know. It's maybe maybe I should just turn on the heater every once in a while. But let me um and kind of talk about college football. So this weekend we have a quadruple header. We have Ohio State versus Northwestern. We have who else? Let me just look it up. I mean, I know it's like OU versus Iowa State, Clemson versus Notre Dame, and then late in the day it's Alabama versus um versus Florida there we go I was like who is it again it's Florida let me see when I have the games I think Ohio State hold on college football I can't remember when they're playing so I'm just not even gonna guess I'm just gonna be like okay when do they play again oh wait Oregon's playing up against USC right now I want to watch that oh ha! USC is getting smoked right now shout out to everybody that's like I'm here let me let me oh my god mwah 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 poetic justice at its finest where people for some weird reason are talking about USC as if they're going to do something as if, right? And it's like, I'm looking at the score right now. What's the score right now? 21 to seven in the second quarter. Shout out to everybody. who's like USC is going to win that game and they're going to, I got to play that Mike Greenberg clip because that was so stupid. When I listened to that, you literally like yesterday or on Saturday, I'm like, Oh my God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So, yeah, we got Oklahoma versus Ohio State, or not Ohio, um, Iowa State. Ohio and Iowa are very, very uh, similar sounding. You got Northwestern versus Ohio State. Those two games are happening at noon. Oh, I can't wait to see Spencer Rattler do his thing. And then we got Oklahoma versus Ohio, uh, Iowa State. What we're probably going to do, probably going to do, is we're probably going to start off watching. Ohio State I've already guaranteed I'm probably going to watch it until halftime because essentially Justin Fields is just going to light up Northwestern and then we'll either transition over to Ohio to Oklahoma University versus Iowa State or we're just going to finish off the podcast with Ohio State if the game goes on for too long which it probably won't it's college football then at like four we got Clemson versus Notre Dame and then when is it at like six seven eight o'clock eight o'clock we'll get the SEC championship Alabama versus Florida I can't wait but first I gotta I gotta watch I gotta watch Oregon I'm clicking off of the uh, the Nets versus the Celtics even though the game is still going on and even though KD and Kyrie are still kind of doing their thing what's the uh, what are they I, I remember it was like by 20 I'm trying to remember how much they were winning by is it still by 20 Again, preseason games don't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's almost by 20. It's 69 to 56. Now it's 72 to 56 after Kyrie Irving, I think. hit. No, it was KD that hit a big shot. Anyways, so this weekend, big weekend for college football. I can't wait. Get ready. I can't wait. The reason why I can't wait is because all of my top guys are going to be playing in the next couple of – literally in – like a little bit over 12 hours. I cannot wait. I got steak in the fridge. That's going to be my brekkie. It's going to be my brekkie. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get something to eat. Maybe some pizza. Maybe some pizza. Maybe a little bit. When is Domino's open? I really love Domino's. When is Domino's open? Domino's. When is Domino's open? When do they open? They're telling me that they close at 12 a.m. I'm like, when do they, when do you open? What's the dominoes? Dominoes open or just hours. Oh, it's 10 a.m. Oh, that's like literally two hours before the game gets going on. Oh, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Ooh, boy, ooh, doggy. I can't wait. as I take a swig on my water let me pull up that Mike Greenberg quote where he's like um, you know I'm hearing a lot of stuff out of USC it's like who's telling you this shit cause they don't know what they're fucking talking about hold on let me pull up the clip here also let me also pull up um, what is it death to mumble rap I saw this on Anthony Fantano's YouTube channel today. I was like, I gotta watch this shit. <clears throat> Hold on. And then it's just like I'm I'm very easy to distract and watching this like clip from Tiger Belly where it's uh what's her name? Sasha Gray, yes. That Sasha Gray, yes, the actress. Um, talking about like if fucking adult scenes are scripted or not. Really? I I, I think I saw this podcast, and I don't remember watching this part. I can't. I can't watch this. It's so fascinating, but I don't have time to watch it. All right. ESPN Mike Greenberg. Hold on. All right. This guy is kind of annoying. Uh, here it is. Let me just pull up what I pulled up like yesterday. Where is it? Here it is. Hold on. Is this it? Oh, no, 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 this isn't it. It's it's a little bit further down. Yeah, here it is. Hold on. He's, he's rooting for
3: chaos. Do you put in Iowa State? If they win the Big 12 this weekend, do you put A&M? In there, who has only one loss and some big wins this year. That loss, however, was by like 100 points to Alabama. Do you put in USC? The name I'm hearing all of a sudden is USC.
0: USC. Who's getting smoked right now by Oregon. They just scored a touchdown. So like 21 to 14. USC, right? Getting destroyed by Oregon. Apparently, they're the new hot team on the block. Apparently, they're the uh, the new hot boys right now. Apparently, they're going to the college football playoffs. Apparently, they're the hot team. I mean, Continuing for it. Bring the name USC, left and right. I didn't hear anybody talk about USC until yesterday. Now,
3: it's all I'm hearing.
0: Who is talking about USC? Who's talking about them? They're getting smoked right now. Hold on. Let me pull up the box score. I got to pull up the box score because I'm just... I, I love it. I breathe it in. I exhale it. I just... Can't stand it. Oh, my God. You see, it's 14-12, bottom of the second quarter. Not 14-12, 14-21, excuse me. Did he have an, an interception? Yeah, he had two. Whoever the quarterback is, Kedon Slavis, had two interceptions. Two, ladies and gentlemen. Stand by, he may have more. Do The
3: Trojans get in. Or does Cincinnati finally get to carry the flag for the other conferences? be fascinating to watch. And either way, people will be left unhappy. And that's the best thing about college football. All the people it leaves unhappy. Because those people want to hear us rant and rave about it, and that's what we'll do. So to me, that's the chaos scenario, and it's a great scenario.
0: Boo. That's boring. That sucks. I want to... Hey, man, listen. I'm all for winning teams. Hey, man, like, this isn't the participation league, right? As much as people want to be like, yeah, we want AM to go up against Alabama, right? Like, hold on. Let's just say, let's just say, you know what? Take out whoever you want. Take them out. Take out the fourth guy. Maybe not the fourth guy. Take out Notre Dame. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Who's beating those teams? Besides Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Name me one name me one. Clemson beat Ohio State. I'll I'll help you out here. Clemson beat Ohio State two years ago. Um, Alabama beat Clemson or Alabama, not Alabama. Clemson beat Alabama two years ago or three years ago. They beat them with Trevor. They beat them with Deshaun. Alabama beat Clemson. The only team that's beaten Alabama or Clemson has been, you guessed it, LSU. If you guessed LSU, you would be right. You would be correct. I just got to ask, you want Iowa State in the college football playoffs to just then to get smoked by Clemson, Ohio State, or Alabama? You want AM in the college football playoffs to then get smoked by Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State? You want USC, who's getting smoked right now by the Nuts, to then have to go up against Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing? Really? Hmm. That's what what the big ticket deciders. That's what big, big media wants. Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama to destroy whoever comes in to try and challenge Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Listen, the reality is college football is in a terrible, terrible spot where there's only three great teams and then everybody else essentially sucks. Maybe four unless you want to include Oklahoma, which Oklahoma is really in a rebuild year, but even when they're in a rebuild year, they're still a top-ranked team. Shout out to Lincoln Riley. But yes, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's literally only, this is why I love this sport, because there's a lot of dominance in college football. There's, again, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, right? And then everybody else isn't going to be able to challenge them ever Ever, ever, right? And it sucks for all of these other teams because there's just no way. But at the same token, there's ways to challenge Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. You kind of have to get your own guys. Like LSU got their own guys. They got Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, uh, Caesar Ruiz, uh, Jamar Chase. They got another guy as well who's who's apparently now going to be a first rounder or a sec- or a late first rounder or a second rounder, an early second rounder maybe. They got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They had um, Kayla Von chason Kristen Fulton. Uh, who else is their safety? Who's their safety? Who was their safety? I can't remember his name. Safety for LSU? Let me look him up. He's drafted as well. Let me check him out. Safety, LSU. They think I'm talking about labs and stuff like that. Talking about football. Talking about LSU safeties football, baby. 2020. Nope. Damn it. This is so fucking hard. Because they're giving me the 2020 roster, and I don't want the 2020 roster. I want last year's roster by safety. And here we go. I think this is what I want. And then not by jersey. I don't want the jerseys. I want position. LSU's website has, I mean, they're just so fantastic. Their website, I'm able to search by position. Oh, my God. Apparently, Cesar Ruiz wasn't. It was Lloyd Cushenberry who was the center, my bad. Then who was your star safety? That Grant Delpit, there we go. They had Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, Caleb on, Son. and I even forgot about Patrick Queen as well. They had a shit ton of first-round draft picks, first and second-round draft picks on the offense and on the defense. They're awesome, right? Once-in-a-lifetime, you know, situation, once-in-a-lifetime, you know, team. They were awesome. They took full advantage of it. They beat Alabama. I don't get it, man. It's like, what, like, you can't just fucking beat Alabama and Clemson with fucking cupcakes and noodles you gotta have some beef <laughs> Got to have some real beef so you know get some players man how hard is it to recruit it shouldn't be this hard right Lincoln Riley got that guy Spencer Rattler and Spencer Rattler was in that high school TV show what was it called What was it called again I don't know what the fuck it was called it's called something hold on beyond the lights that's what it's called he it was in that high school TV show he lit up teams I saw him I was like wait who's that guy in OU you uh, in OU like paraphernalia and it's like oh yeah that's Spencer Rattler right there right So, yes, I uh, I don't I don't really care (laughs) about uh, about fucking teams that can't recruit and things of that nature. I don't really care. Anyways. Then Oregon finds a way to fuck up the game by giving this turnover or something like that to USC. Hold on. Maybe I spoke too soon about USC sucking. Did he throw an interception? He looked like they panned to him like he did. Yeah, he did. Fuck. It's like inside, by the way, Oregon territory with like 22 seconds left in the uh, the second quarter. So they're probably going to get a field goal. Yeah. Yep. Right now, it's official that now Oregon has more turnovers this season than they did last season. Keep in mind, Joe Burrow was also on this football team, so he kind of takes a little bit of blame into that. I don't know the, you know, the breakdown of who and what turned the ball over a lot, but, you know, he probably did as well. That's a really, really great PBU by number 15, B. Williams. Also, interesting fact, Justin Herbert's little brother also plays on the team as well, so that's kind of fun. For him, I don't know what position he plays at all. And by on the team, I mean on Oregon. And also, interesting fact about Justin Herbert. Apparently, he lived like 10 to 15 or maybe 20 minutes away from the University of Oregon. So, he like, so he never apparently left the state. He never, um, he never uh, uh, did any, like he never left the state. He never did anything like that. It was always like he was always in Oregon, always at like, you know, the university or whatever. So, that's kind of interesting. I remember it was it was kind of a big story because people were like, is, is, is he going to like really, really struggle being in L.A.? And then it's like, no, not really. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Justin Herbert and the Oregon Ducks. So, the interesting thing about this weekend, you have all those championship games, Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, uh ACC and SEC you have all these uh big and and then you have the Mountain West but nobody really cares Uh, but you have all those big schools well not big schools but all those uh championship games going on this weekend I kind of wrote down some players that I got my eye on kind of as like a you know not necessarily for evaluation on them because most of them are Alabama players Clemson players Ohio State players things of that nature they're all first round draft picks I'm more when it comes to the draft a little bit of context I'm way more concerned and informed with how the first and second rounds go and even the third rounds for um in, in in a lot of okay that is pass interference. Unlike the USC guy too, you have the USC wide receiver was playing DB and they called D pass interference on the Oregon Duck wide receiver or not or, <laughs> I'm like on the Oregon Duck wide receiver that's the DB. The wide receiver was playing freaking fucking, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, fucking defense. He's an offensive player, by the way. Anyways, um, I wrote down all of these names because I'm way more concerned, um, with the first and second round of the draft than I am with like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds because more likely than not, you're not going to find starters. You're not really going to find impact players in the, like, really in the third rounder, you probably should find a starter. But even then, it's like, like, starter slash good rotational, good to great rotational player is kind of the expectation. You know? And some of these names aren't necessarily, like, this player is ranked here. I, I really don't do rankings. All I know is, like, this player is really good. This player isn't really good. I'm not really into rankings. I think rankings... Can be and are a bit arbitrary and can be kind of just overblown and for the most part kind of useless. So, where I got it? I got my journal here. Got my journal. Opening it up. Players I got, and I did not number it. And I'm pretty damn good at numbering my pages. Let me just number it really, really quickly. Hold on. Wait. Cool. So I got thirteen players that I got my eye on tomorrow. Most of them are ACC, SEC, Big Ten players. And kind of check it out. So, and these are all guys that, that I think are going to the draft, or not going to, but are are more likely than not going to be in the draft uh, next year. You got. Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, Patrick Sertain, Caleb Farley, who's not not necess- not he's not, like, he's like playing tomorrow, but still, he's one of the best players. Uh, Jalen Waddle may or may not be playing. I'm pretty sure he w- isn't. Trey Lance isn't going to be playing. Zach Wilson, Najee Harris, Austin, ETN as well. Again, some of those players aren't playing tomorrow. Some of them are. But, yes, like I do think – that some of those players that I just mentioned and listed off are some of the most fucking important players uh, in next year's draft. Hold on, let me, um, let me put on my, my blanket here. This is USC, 1,000%, because I already saw the palm trees. You want to know the thing that sucks about not going to a school like USC and going to other schools that, aren't necessi- that, don't, ne- that don't necessarily have the campuses like USC, bro? Like, man, their campus is so awesome. I get why people want to go to USC so fucking badly and why those parents cheated to get their kids into the school. I'm like, I get it now. It's a fucking awesome school. At least it looks fucking awesome. Like, that school is the school I would have loved. That, that's the school that I that I go to, that I've gone to, in my dreams. Like, <laughs> like that school is awesome. Oh, my God. Hold on, let me put on my... I'm wearing my blanket like I'm wearing like some type of mink fur coat. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Anyways, I look like Cruella De Vil from fucking. I was about. <laughs> I was about to say the Dominoes. Oh man, you want to know one of my favorite movies ever? One of my favorite movies. It's an underrated movie, and I remember it because of these turtles eating pizza. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja. It's the it's the one with the guys, the live action one with the suits. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I I love that one. I love those movies. I grew up on those movies, and they're only like an hour long, an hour and a half long, which is like it's just long enough to you know to tell you the story, to go through the motions and stuff like that. But it's not long enough to you know be annoying, right? It's only an hour and thirty minutes. Hold I have it on my computer, right?
4: Hold on. All right, I'm done.
0: Hold on, um, here it is, yeah. It's only an hour and 33 minutes long. And the thing about it is they, they fucking ruined the series with the third one. They fucking ruined it because it went from like, you know, really, really grounded stuff to them to them to then they fucking like time travel in the third one. It's like, bro, like New York. They are from New York. Why are they time traveling? They don't need to time travel. You ruined it. You ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Cheryl, Turtle Power. And then they had, um. hold on. If you're from the 90s, you know. You know this song. If you watch this movie. You should even know what I'm about to play you, by the way. Hold on. I gotta type it in. Ah, Finally, this auto fills it in. Here it is.
4: go ninja go into, go 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 go
0: If you're from the 90s, you know this. You know this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Turtle place.
1: You know it's vanilla ice. ice. Ninja rap. Ninja. Ninja rap. Ninja. Ninja rap. Go ninja go ninja go. Go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go! go ninja,
4: go ninja, go! Go ninja, go ninja, go! Ninja, go. go ninja, go
0: ninja, go! Alright. And the thing is, right? They had vanilla ice, like, so it's a part of the plot, right, in the movie. That the teenage mutant ninja turtles are fighting Shredder, right? This is some really nerdy shit that maybe you care or might not care. I don't care, um, but they're, you know, they're fight, they're fighting Shredder, right? And they're fighting an almost like juiced up version of of Shredder, right? And they get in – No, I, I don't even think Shredder arrives. They're fighting ninjas from the foot, from the Foot Clan, and they're fucking like in this club, right? And Ice Cube, or not Ice Cube, Vanilla Ice is in there and he's rapping. And they're fighting, and then they start dancing along to the fight, and then the crowd starts bumping. And the whole concept of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that they're supposed to be ninjas. They're supposed to hide in the shadows and not necessarily be out and about. And this is like the first time when they're around other people, and they, you know, they don't have to pretend like they're not, you know, like fucking teenage mutant ninja turtles. You know, ninja. You want to know one of my favorite movies in like the last couple of years that I think super underrated that had like a lot of love and a lot of fucking heart in it? Probably the fucking Power Rangers movie. I love that movie. I love it. I just, like, hate—I hate a couple of things about it. <laughs> I hate a couple of fucking things. I hate that movie. I hate, like, how, um, how it—first and foremost, that it's two hours long. Jesus Christ. Cut it. But then I also hate everything about how they look. I have no idea why that—I have no idea why. I mean, it's Hollywood, so, of course, they, they, they fucking Hollywood eyes everything up. But I hate how they look. I hate how Zordon looks. Um, I hate everything about Zordon and, and by the way, Krispy Kreme, big shout out to them because they fu- uh, essentially funded the movie. I also fucking, um, what else do I hate about the movie? Um, uh, uh, fucking the Zords and how the Zords look and how they fucking form the, the Megazord and the Megazord fucking sucked and things of that nature. It looks terrible. Oh my God. I can't even tell that it's the Megazord and then they had Goldbar or Golding or whatever his fucking name is. He looks fucking terrible. Like beyond that, I loved everything about the movie. I loved how I loved how like they they genuinely spent time building up the um the characters in the movie. I loved how essentially it was Breakfast Club but with Power Rangers. I loved that every kid kind of had their own story and things of that nature. I loved I loved a lot about this movie. There's a lot to love about this movie, and they kind of get some stuff right. They get some other stuff like completely incorrect and things of that nature. But I mean, I love the I love the movie. I love the movie. It's just like I can't fucking watch it when they're in the Zords and stuff like that. And it's like something basic and simple as like the the fucking Zord. It, like the cool thing about it as a kid was like it was it was super detailed, but also not really that detailed. And it's like they have fucking like what the fuck. And then on top of that, maybe it's me. But when I was like it's super fucking slow too. Like it it's it's, it's like to me it's got to be a little bit faster than this, you know? A little bit faster than this. But I loved how they expanded on the universe's lore. I loved how they um they had the Breakfast Club fucking kids. I love all that shit about the, I love all that nerdy shit about the kids or not the kids, the um the movie and stuff like that. A little side note, the Red Power Ranger was um the older brother of the red headed girl in Stranger Things. I used to literally call him just Red Power Ranger. He's a, like it's. He was also a great actor because of how fucking he can go from being like the Red Power Ranger to just a complete asshole dirtbag. You know, it's awesome. He's a he's an awesome actor. I hope he gets more roles. <clears throat> As I put on my 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 fucking blanket again. Dootie flip flops. Hot fuck it. Hits your bitch in my socks. All right. What else do I got for you today? talking about college football. Talked about Mark Jackson and, I don't know, the NBA and all that good stuff. What else do I got to talk about here today? not sure. So, in the podcast, I'll go ahead and give you my game day predictions and get up and get on out of here. We got seven games this weekend. Get buckled in. Get fully buckled in. Get suited and booted. Got ourselves a lot of great podcasts coming up for you literally in about a day or two. Technically two days. We got seven coming up. So get ready. Absolutely packed weekend. Absolutely packed. Um, What else I got? Oh, yeah, game day predictions. <clears throat> it's like I'm going around in circles right now. I kind of want to see a little bit more of Oregon versus um, – versus USC. I'll put the game on kind of in the background whenever I'm done with the podcast because I want to read Anna Karenna. We'll kind of see. Also watching the highlights for Rutgers versus Nebraska. Don't really, don't really know a lot about Rutgers. A a guy that looks kind of like CeeDee Lamb just like ran back a touchdown or not ran back a touchdown, but ran back a punt return and then they fucked up the highlights or whatever and shit like that. And now Nebraska tied up Rutgers 21-21 all. Then they're showing all of the canceled games as well. Apparently, Coastal Carolina. I feel bad for them because they've they've had an awesome season. They're undefeated. Coastal Carolina, I also I, I feel bad for them. But, you know, also they fucking get into fights and shit like that or one of their players gets into fights with fucking Zach Wilson or whatever the BYU quarterback is. gets in a fights with him and jumps him with another player as well it's like all right all right not uh not as big a fan of uh coastal carolina anymore (laughs) but um what else what else what else is happening tomorrow i think that's it yeah i'm gonna but sorry i'm gonna watch um what's it called not coastal what's it called fuck what's it called again Oh, yeah, Oregon versus USC. I'm losing my mind here slowly, but surely. So let's get into game day predictions. By the way, I, like, I don't know how the NFL has NFL games this weekend. It's, like, based upon a broadcasting law, I think, in, like, the 60s or the 40s or the 50s, where it's, like, the NFL can't broadcast, like, games on the same day as college football for, like, competition or whatever, for competition regions, which I don't, I don't understand that. It's, like, aren't we living in a meritocracy? I don't get that. Apparently, we're not. Hold on. I got a burp. Excuse me. Um, But essentially, like to not interfere with like Friday night football, like high school football and college football. They're like, well, we you can't broadcast games on the weekend if they're broadcasting games on the weekend, which essentially the NFL or not the NFL, but college football is broadcasting football games on the weekend. So very confused on that. But, yeah, we got the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos versus the Green Bay Packers and the the Carolina Panthers. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Must be tripping. Broncos versus Bills. I'm favoring the Bills more than the Broncos. Panthers versus the Packers. Let me even lock it in here because I didn't. Packers versus Panthers. Backers, there we go, boom Texans versus Colts, I feel very bad For Deshaun Watson this season Because his team fucking sucks You know how like, you know, when you're When you like propose to a girl, you marry a girl You think she's sane, you think that You think she's normal, you think she's You know, not gonna change completely When you marry her and stuff like that and then she fucking like loses her mind. She starts doing heroin. She starts. She's a drug uh, addict. And then she fucking goes out and sleeps with like 12 other guys. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on in my life right now? That's the Sean Watson with the Houston Texans. He essentially married a girl that just like started to do heroin, sleep around with a bunch of other guys. She decides that she doesn't want to be in a monotonous, a monotonous a mono uh, relationship, and she's like, they- no, I want to be in a polyamorous relationship, I want to be in an open relationship, and then she starts doing heroin, and stuff like that, and then she starts to drink, and then she quits her job, and then, she, um, and then she fucking, like, wants to have a threesome with you and another guy, and it's just like, what is going on? Like, completely a 180, and she's like, you know, and then she, like, freaking advertised herself as, like, this completely ordinary girl who... You know, isn't necessarily like, it's okay if you, you know, if you want to have sex with a bunch of people, but it's just just like, Jesus Christ, like, tell me, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's exactly what Deshaun Watson is asking. It's like, why didn't you tell me you wanted to do all this stuff? I have no problem with you doing this stuff. It's just, I wouldn't have married you. And maybe that's the point. Hey, that's the point. It's like, maybe, (laughs) maybe she's just like, maybe like, maybe they're like, you know, we're not going to tell you that we're a terrible organization until we finally have secured you. And you're not able to go anywhere because you you've hitched you've been hitched to us for the next four years. It's like really, okay, all right. Hopefully he leaves in the next four years because I just I just can't stand Deshaun just being on a team that just there's Kay Adams advertising the Saturday uh, the Saturday games the Bills the Panthers the Packers and the uh, the the Broncos. There she is. She's advertising them. <clears throat> Anyways, as I was saying about <laughs> Saturday games before I fucking got distracted. Oh wait, here's Oregon's chance to sign where Shine where they're gonna give me an advertisement. Fuck man, these these colleges look so much better than mine. That looks so awesome. I wish I went to one of these schools, man. One of these like cool colleges, you know. God, man. That looks so cool. University of Oregon. Anyways. Packers, Colts, already talked about them. Yeah, again, I feel, I feel, no, I didn't talk about the Colts yet. I feel bad for, I feel bad for Dewatt, man. I just feel really, really bad for him. I also feel bad because he doesn't have a fucking number one wide receiver. And here's the thing, right? I've been constantly floating around um, Michael Gallup being traded for like the last couple of weeks. Now that like his contract is essentially over with next year, I think after next season, if I'm not mistaken, let me kind of just check it out here. Oh wait, they're going to give the, um, the fucking tuition, the Dr. Pepper tuition to one of these two people. Why don't they just give the Dr. Pepper thing to both of them, the tuition of both of them, you know, it's like, they're already here. You know it's not like they're going anywhere, they just give both of them the tuition so that way you don't, like, you, you don't have to disappoint one and like break their dreams and break their promises and be like, Oh my gosh, like, like oh my gosh, like I really wanted the, the scholarship, I really wanted free tuition and free college and things of that nature. Literally something that every other country gives away for free, every first world country except for the United States. And we literally have to go on national television as some stupid Dr. Pepper ad. Instead of the, uh, the federal government paying for it when I'm paying a shit ton of money in taxes. I don't even get free college. Oh my God. And they have fucking Reggie Bush and God knows who throwing footballs to try and see if I, I really hope the girl gets it. I'm not going to lie to you. She's not going to get it. <laughs> Reggie Bush is not a quarterback. No. And I'm watching her face and she's just like, oh man, the hope for her is going down the toilet She's like, Oh God, no. Oh no. This is terrible. Reggie. Why? This isn't fair. I don't know what position the other guy is playing, but Reggie Bush is not a quarterback. Reggie is. And by the way, Reggie is just going through it. Like he's just fucking, why is Reggie Bush throwing these footballs so fucking hard, man? Jesus fucking Christ. It's like throwing them. Like he's trying to throw them through a fucking battleship. It's like, Reggie, what the fuck was that? She's like, oh, man, I'm so disappointed in Reggie. She still has a smile on her face, and she's still, like, clapping it up for him, too. It's like, Reggie deserves to pay that girl's college tuition for the rest. It's only, like, what is it, 60 grand? I don't know. She goes to Stone Mountain, Georgia, or something like that? I don't know. Or is that her hometown? Why don't they say where, they, where they're where they going college-wise? God, man. Whoever, oh, wait, is she going to get something? Oh, no, never mind. She gets 50K. Never mind. Oh, no, they both get 50K. Oh, that's way better. I'm like, yeah. Why would you have them on? Give both of them fucking 50K. It's like, Dr. Pepper, you're a billion-dollar organization with million-dollar athletes or former athletes or people who are getting, getting paid millions of dollars. Both of you suckers should be able to provide the checks. Come on. Anyways. It's like, how much money are you getting from Dr. Pepper? Goodness gracious! At least you can do is help them out a little bit, and they're showing off the other people that are doing. Oh, oh, they would have the other. They would have the students do. I've never. I've. I remember seeing this, by the way. So they're having like the students do the um the Dr Pepper thing, and then they get the the thing, or they get the scholarship or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, oh yeah, let me look up Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is gonna be a very interesting. Fuck. He's going to be an, a very interesting piece this off season because I think he's going to get traded. And unlike uh, most of their other players, I think he, he could have a market um, depending on, like, you know, like, just the Dallas Cowboys, they only have to say, well, Gallup is, um, Gallup doesn't have Dak. That's why. Let me look at his contract via over the cap. dot com, blah 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 blah. No, I don't want to go on sport track. I want to go on over the cap. It's weird how like I got it. I typed in over the cap and okay. So he's a free agency, not after. So he's he's a free agency after um not next year's season, but after that he's a free agent in 2022. So you can essentially trade him before next season and get a draft pick for him and be like, cool, you guys want Michael Gallup. Here you go. Uh, I remember, shout out to big Jeff Kavanaugh. You can trade him away to, for example, the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs for like a safety or whatever, whether it's Juan Thornhill or Tyron Matthew, whichever one you want to do, you can. <clears throat> In my opinion, I would trade him to a team that needs a wide receiver. And even though they, quote unquote, need a wide receiver, they don't need a wide receiver. I would trade him to a team that needs a wide receiver that also has a high draft pick and just get him off your books because you kinda just you you really need like you know, picks. You don't necessarily need, you know, players. You would love to have obviously Tyron Matthew, but are you honestly gonna get him? Probably not. And then on top of that, uh the reality is when it comes to uh when it comes to, you know, contracts and things of that nature, it's like ugh. I don't know. I don't know. It's like you're like when it comes to contracts this off season what I'm trying to say is you don't necessarily have to have the cap space to um to kind of like take on more contracts the only thing that you can essentially do is sign Dak Prescott and maybe sign some of your um your your draft picks as well. That's kind of what you can do. You know. We'll see. As we kind of go back to USC versus Oregon, watching them go out there and do their thing. Yeah, I feel bad for d The reason why I bring up Michael Gallup is that, um, let's say, uh, it kind of depends on, like, like, I think, I, I think the, pay, like, there's so many teams that need a wide receiver. The Ravens, the Patriots, the, um, the Packers. As well, like you can pair Michael Gallup with Devontae Adams and you can trade maybe like a second rounder. I don't know. You can – I think Darnell Savage is with the Packers, so maybe you can trade him away. Maybe not. We'll see. Well, it may may also depend on how good Darnell Savage is. But I would just trade a pick instead of a player for Michael Gallup. You could trade away Michael Gallup to the Packers, to the Patriots, to the Ravens because they also need a wide receiver. Also, the Browns as well. Who else needs a wide receiver, like, majorly so, and is actually a good team as well? Obviously, every single team within the NFC East. It's ironic that, like, literally Dallas has three of the best wide receivers in the division, and they're they're all on the same team. Oh, my God. But, um... Yeah, like, there's there's some teams that need wide receivers, and then there's other teams that uh, that don't, specifically the Cowboys. So trade away Michael Gallup this offseason. Need him. You need picks. Get some fucking help. We'll see what happens. Anyways, what else do I got going on here? They also should have traded away Alvin Smith, to be honest with you. They also should have done that as well. Also should have traded him away to Seattle because obviously you're not going to resign him and he probably wants more money so just a little bit of context probably should have traded him away as well because to be honest with you seattle's probably going to sign him because they don't have any pass rushers they traded away frank clark they relied on on clowney to try and get the job done and now they don't have anybody they need pass rushers it's weird how how little pass rushers they have i think if i were to look it up uh, Jamal Adams has probably the most sacks on the team. He's probably gonna rival like Bobby Wagner or somebody else. Oh, Seattle can sign Unique Ngakwe this offseason and be fine. We'll see. We'll see. I kind of forgot about Unique because his contract is over with. Ravens, they fucking definitely don't have enough money to re sign or not uh yeah, to resign Unique Ngakwe. How good has Unique played when it comes to just his sacks here? Sacks, he has five on the season, so he's played, like, okay. What about Jamal Adams when it comes to, like, his numbers, sack-wise, by the way? Jesus Christ, he has eight and a half. Shout-out to all the pass rushers in the league that don't have as many sacks as a safety. And Jamal Adams, shout-out to them. Big shout-out. anyways yeah I feel bad for Deshaun I feel bad for the Texans they're gonna go down hard tomorrow to the Colts Uh, they fucking got obliterated by the Bears and the Bears suck the Bears are terrible and they went down hard to the Bears last night or not last night but last week And then you got the Lions versus the Titans. Interesting kind of development that kind of happened with the Lions. The Lions, they went back to uh, 97.1, the ticket. If you don't know what radio station that is, and if you don't know the context of that, the Detroit Lions, they went off of that radio station because of uh, essentially Mike Valenti. And uh, apparently, because he criticizes them and he speaks honestly about the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions got butthurt about it and then they left the station. And the issue is Mike Valenti is a part of essentially the biggest radio station in Detroit. And uh, it was stupid of them to leave because like, you know, ratings wise, obviously, you you know, the radio broadcast is kind of uh, tampered with because they don't, you know, not tampered with, but the radio broadcasts are probably down all of the numbers for um. The broadcast in Detroit is probably down, and apparently 97.1, the ticket is, like, one of the biggest radio stations in that city or in that state. So, I mean, you know, you go to that to, I think, WJRM, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds correct, but they went from one of the more popular radio stations to one of the lesser popular ones. And um, it probably affected the ratings. It affected how many people listen and all that good stuff. And they were like, well, we can't necessarily, like, like we don't necessarily want to go back to 97.1, the ticket, but we will because we want better ratings. And they did. <clears throat> and so that's where they are once again. Uh, Detroit is back there. Not Detroit. Uh, the uh, Yeah, the Lions are back there. And uh, apparently 97.1, the ticket, shout out to them, I think they're one of the only radio stations in America that has all four of the local teams, baseball, football, soccer, and basketball, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's all four of the professional teams. Or is it hockey as well because it's north? Like, do you sell about hockey or something? I'm not sure. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, shout out to, shout out to 97.1 getting, uh, getting that job back and shout out to fucking the lions for stop being, stop being such a pussy, you know, I'm watching these referees just like move the chains and stuff like that and like operate the sticks. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like there's gotta be a better way of doing this like I'm all for like I think I think these fields I don't get why these fields are so fucking old man. Like I feel like these fields should be more like you know like more like high tech, you know? Like they there's already chips, like computer chips inside the balls to like read how fast they are and things of that nature. Like I feel like there should be chips like there should be computers and stuff like that on the field to be able to like tell, and somebody had a great, uh, it was Mike Valenti actually. Um, Ironically enough, it, it was like, like, like I feel like there should be better ways of being able to tell the first down markers and things of that nature and like ball spotting and stuff like that. than like dudes with chains that just like arbitrarily move the ball up and down and stuff like that. And I feel like there should be a quick and easy way of being able to tell where the ball is and stuff like that. And there should be somebody communicating Uh, And saying, like, okay, hey, this is where, you know, the first down marker is and stuff like that. And if people are worried about jobs, then you can just give the people who are moving the sticks the job of reading off of a computer uh, where the ball should be placed. Just give them that job. They can be in a booth or somewhere. I don't really care. This is, like, this whole, like, stick thing to me is ridiculous. Anyways. I would just try to com- uh, computerize everything. Like, it's super fucking hard to crack the code or to, like, break the game if um, if it's digital. It's super fucking hard. It's super easy to just make common fucking mistakes with humans. I just saw one where, like, dudes were trying to fucking move the sticks, and I was like, this doesn't look good at all. At fucking all. Anyways, that whole Lions versus Titans game, I kind of didn't even give you who I thought was going to win it. Titans are going to beat the Lions. They are going to fucking destroy the Detroit Lions this weekend. Um, the I mean I don't even know who is the Lions head coach. I don't know. Didn't the Lions get destroyed last week as well? Let me check it out. Who did the Lions lose to? They they lost to the Green Bay Packers, thirty one to twenty four. It wasn't terrible. I mean they didn't get destroyed. You know. <coughs> Excuse me, but they didn't win either. So, you know. Lines are going down hard this weekend to the Titans. Bears versus Vikings. We read an article at the beginning of the podcast about stefan Diggs and how the Vikings they didn't necessarily want to have a pass first offense. And Stefan Diggs was like, we probably should because it would be how we would win. And, um, he's absolutely right and he was right and I kind of went back and forth on this game because I was like I don't necessarily know about the Bears I don't really know about the Vikings this is one of those games where it's like two teams that I'm not super high on are going to be playing um but I I went with the Bears and even the article that I read kind of confirmed that more the Bears have one of the best rushing defenses in the league versus the Vikings who have one of who are just gonna try and run the football again and they're just gonna be like we're, we're the Vikings and we got Dalvin cook and we'll just run the football and stuff like that and it's like okay okay Do that bro keep doing that don't pass it with Justin with JJ and Adam Thielen. just uh, just keep running it with Dalvin cook things of that nature. Keep on keeping on Meanwhile the Bears will stop you or they'll attempt to and they'll also score their own points I don't I don't really care what they're gonna do. I'm not a bears or Vikings fan. Hell, I'm like, I, I've I've essentially renounced the Cowboys this season. I'm a fan of whoever wins football games. That's who I'm a fan of. Sean, the Heisman Trophy watch. Hold on. How is Ian Book leading the pack when it comes to Heisman Trophy? To the Heisman Trophy candidate. Like, right now, Mac, Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones, uh, Ian Book, Trevor Lawrence, Devonte Smith, and Kyle Trask. Those are like the the like I don't I don't get these fuckers. I don't get these people, man. These people that vote on awards and shit like that. Like that doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's like last week, Najee Harris for Alabama was like a strong candidate, and I was like, you people don't watch these these games, man. I'm like, and, and I keep and I kept on hearing like every single week, it's Najee, it's Najee, Najee's the Najee is the uh, is the engine that turns or not, uh, turns, excuse me, but he's like the main guy in Alabama's offense. And I was like, what are you watching? So Najee Harris is the guy going uh, throwing all those footballs and making all that that those correct decisions and changing the plays from the line of scrimmage. He's doing all that shit. It's not. Matt Jones? Cool, I just wanted to check it out. Just wanted to make sure we're on the same fucking page because we obviously are not. Anyways. Yeah, Oregon is moving the ball very, very slowly and very methodically. And here's the thing, right? This kind of works in college football. It doesn't really work as much in the NFL, right? So right now, Oregon is up by a touchdown. If they, and, and, they're, and this is a really, really nice long drive by Oregon. If Oregon continues to move the ball the way that they do and USC doesn't score like at all, then the game is essentially over with because Oregon has been managing the game uh, essentially since the start of the third quarter, but, I mean, some of these runs on first down are just going nowhere. Like, I mean, that run, like, USC is constantly putting them behind the chains. Or, I mean, that run, for example, is, um, it goes for, like, it not even goes for any yards, it gets one yard. Or, no, not gets, it loses one yards, One yard, excuse me. And I think Panini, Pania Sewell opted out, so I can't even watch him, because he's supposed to play left tackle, right? Let me check him out pretty sure he opted out. Yeah, he did. He's not on the field. I just saw the left tackle at seven four. He opted out fucking sucks because I wanted like I wanted to see J- uh, Gregory Rousseau play. I wanted to see Pena Sewell play. I wanted to see Jamar Chase play. I wanted to see fucking Micah play, but um, they all opted out, which is, you know, their business. They can opt out if they want to. It just sucks that I can't see them play because they all would have been fucking fantastic this year. So interested in seeing them play this year. But they can't, or not they can't. They just decided not to. And, um, you know, it's probably going to benefit them draft stock-wise. Uh, Chubba Hubert, interesting development about him. He opted out as well. Chuba Hubbard or Hubert, whatever his name is. He opted out. Interesting development about him. He is going to fall. He is going to fall this year. The reason why he is going to fall this year is because he, okay, I'm watching. Oh, gosh, who was number three? That was an awesome screenplay set up by Oregon. It was fantastic. Um, it was a fantastic drive by, not fantastic drive, excuse me. That was a fantastic execution of that screenplay by number three. Just got out there and just, I mean, he fucking made some plays, like broke two tackles And then he gets tackled at pretty much the one. That's an awesome play by him. Anyways, Chubby Hubert is a perfect example of somebody who was supposed to have a really, really fucking big season this year and was supposed to be like one of the best running backs in all of college. And um, he goes from like having 2,000 yards, not 2,000 all-purpose yards, keep in mind you, 2,000 rushing yards, just like on the ground, handoff, 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 to now having uh, 625. And by the way, going from 21 touchdowns to now five. So, his stock, it's gonna plummet. Whereas a guy like Jamar Chase, his stock probably, like he probably wouldn't have been as high, he would probably wouldn't have been higher than Jamar Chase because the quarterback situation at LSU is in flux. Uh, Granted, like, he's still an awesome wide receiver, but he doesn't have Joe Burrow throwing him the football. Oh, almost a end zone interception because of a deflected ball by uh, USC. That would have been terrible. It's like 21 to 14 Oregon is driving once again but anyways, it's like Chubba, uh Hubbard or Hubert he, like he he may have been a first round draft pick he may be a second or a third round uh, draft pick depending on how people evaluate him <clears throat> excuse me him this year versus him last year like for example everybody was talking about Jordan Love and things of that nature and him being a great quarterback but he had a bad year last year because he didn't have any of his players and it's like well you got to You kind of have to take that into account because it's like, yeah, he didn't have any players in college and he had a bad year. But it's like, bro, think about like if he goes to a bad fucking football team and he doesn't have any players. And then Oregon scores another touchdown after taking like a nice crisp, like six to seven minutes on that drive, just scoring and matriculating the ball down the football field. And yeah, this is what you're supposed to do, man. Like um, if you're going to play that ball, like that, that game management style of play, and things of that nature, you actually have to be able to score touchdowns, not field goals. So now it's a two-point, uh, two-possession game where USC has to score fucking two touchdowns instead of one, and um, they're going to have to go down the field fast because if they take their sweet-ass time, and if they burn out the entire third quarter, then they'll just, you know, they just won't have any fucking time to play because right now Oregon's offense is destroying them defensively. So go down the fucking field, score fast probably watch their next series because I'm you know I'm still podcasting and stuff like that let me let me fucking um what is it let me go ahead and um and uh, plug in my computer my feet are super sore All right. Talked about Chubba. We'll see how he tests. I'm really excited to see the Combine now because I, I'm not going into the Combine like completely and utterly blind like I did last year. That was god-awful that I did that, that I like had no idea what any of the players were going to test. Except for – um, I knew like some of the players, but I didn't like watch them as thoroughly as I did this season. But I was still fucking – like the thing about it is, right – and this just like shows you just how like easy it is to do this for a living, right? I didn't know. I didn't watch. I, I watched very little college football last year. Very very little. Like I probably watched tens, like ten times the amount of college football I watched last year. This year, by the way. And um. Like I like I I fucking nailed the draft. Like I was talking. Like I had I had essentially like mocked almost perfectly the first round in some instances. And um, I was like, I was perfectly fine. Like there's resources that you can use to get pretty good, like perspectives on players and stuff like that. Because as much as people would just want to say like, watch the tape and watch the games, it's actually kind of hard to get a hold of college tape and stuff like that. Like as weird as that may sound, it actually fucking is. And it's kind of ridiculous. But, um, yeah, like, like in by ki- it's kind of hard to get a hold of college tape as in you can't get it unless you know a person, which I don't know any people. So, guess what? I'm sure out of luck. I'm going to use other sources, and I'm going to use other people to help me um, have a better perspective on college football. So, anyways, continuing forward from here. What else do I got game-wise? Talked about the Titans, talked about the Vikings and the Bears. Seahawks versus Washington. Washington right now is on a hot streak. Washington has won two games in their last two weeks. Um, By the way, shout out to the NFC's for finally kind of winning some games here and there. Um, The Eagles beating the Saints. The Giants beating the Seahawks. Washington beating the Steelers. Shutting everybody up. And then it's like I was I remember I was watching the NFC North and they are essentially the NFC East like it's only the Green Bay Packers that are essentially the only good team in that division. And then it's like five and six, five and six, and then it's like five and six again or something ridiculous like that. Like, Let me check the standings like the NFC North isn't any better than the NFC East, ironically enough, like the, the, oh no, not five and six, six and seven, six and seven, and then five and eight. It's like, it's not that much better than the, and then obviously the Green Bay Packers are 10 and three, but it's not that much better than like the four and nine, four and eight, five and eight, six and seven. It's like both divisions suck. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, what I got outside of the divisions or the, or for the football games, excuse me, let me go back to my notes, my Google notes. Here we go. Uh, Seahawks versus Washington got the Seahawks winning it. Some people are going to talk about the passing game and how great of a passing game it is. It is primarily because of the front four and how dominant they are at rushing the passer. Russell Wilson is going to have his hands filled with those guys. However, uh, DK Metcalf should surely help out in that uh, in that department and helping them out when it comes to uh, to winning or not even winning, but just, you know, beating the uh beating the guys in the secondary. If Seattle's passing game what games do I have tomorrow? Hold on. Not tomorrow, this weekend. Let me look up the games I got. NFL football. I don't think I have it, but I'm just gonna check. Let me blaze up here. I snuffed out my candle flame about an hour or two ago. What is this? This is banana walnut muffin. It's super strong. And I thought it was going to like burn out or something like that. The strength was going to burn out. I literally almost caught myself on fire because I like kneeled down to get my lighter that fell on the floor. And then it's like my blanket had literally went right next to the fucking flames. I could have caught myself on fire and that would have been bad anyways um what games do I have tomorrow or not tomorrow but this weekend Patriots versus Dolphins that's the game that we're gonna watch we're gonna I'm gonna talk about that game in a little bit Bucks versus Falcons not gonna watch that game we're gonna watch the Chiefs versus the Saints and then we got Browns versus Giants as Sunday night so there you go those are gonna be the games that we're gonna watch this weekend on top of the four championship games as well. So Seahawks versus Washington. I got the Seahawks winning it. Washington's on a hot streak. It's about to be uh, extinguished by Seattle and Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. So anyways, Patriots versus Dolphins. Patriots versus Dolphins. I got the Patriots losing to the Dolphins. Um, the Patriots are just not a very good football team right now. It kind of fucking sucks to say that. And, um, they've won a lot of games that I didn't think that they were going to win, but they still Patriots versus dolphins. I think is still a awesome, not an awesome, but I think, I think like, I think it's going to be an interesting game to see how the Patriots kind of retaliate specifically how Cam Newton, um, kind of goes about his business. I think in my opinion, um, I'm out on Cam. I'm out on Cam as a starter. I think, um, I think there's better quarterbacks in the league. I think there's guys that um, I think that you can essentially get. I think, that, I think that there's better players that you can get in the next couple of years. I think there's better players that you can get right now. I think that you can probably develop better players. I think overall Cam is done I don't think – I don't know how he's going to beat the Dolphins tomorrow or on Saturday, technically. I have no idea how that's going to happen. I think Tua can beat the Patriots, not just because Brian Flores coached there, but because I think that he has a lot more help than Cam does and his defense is spectacular. But we'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend. Um. Ravens versus Jags. Come on, bro. Ravens are trying to go to the playoffs. Jags are trying to lose football games. I got the Ravens beating the Jags this weekend. Not in a nail biter. The Ravens should have this game. This should be a very easy game for them to win. This You know, it's 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 the Jags. Bucks versus Falcons. I got the Bucks beating the Falcons. Cause it's the Falcons. They stink. They suck, and I have no idea why. Cause I like Matt Matt Ryan as a quarterback, and I love Julio Jones as a wide receiver. Why are they this terrible? They even have Calvin Ridley, who's turned into a really, really awesome wide receiver for them as well. I don't get why they suck this badly. I really don't. I don't understand it. I don't. I I, I shrug my shoulder. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. But, yeah, they're going to go down to the Bucks this weekend. 49ers versus Cowboys, the game that was flexed out of Sunday Night Football is now um, the game that we will not be watching at all because I just, you know, like, A, I don't have it. B, I wouldn't want to watch it even if I did. And C, I would just turn off the game probably midway through because the Cowboys are going to get smoked by the 49ers. I was kind of doing some research a little bit about this game, and I was kind of seeing how the, uh, the 49ers were playing um in the last couple of weeks and man let me tell you something 49ers have absolutely like there's been they've struggled against some really really good defenses but Dallas isn't a good defense at all (laughs) like that's the thing and I don't think they're the Bengals I don't think they are a dysfunctional organization um with a semi-mediocre head coach I think that they are a functional organization with a lot of fucking players hurt and I think Nick Mullins should have a field day against the Cowboys on Sunday, but an inner, the only thing that I, the only reason why I kind of regret not being able to watch this game and kind of not watching this game is seeing Trevon Diggs play. He's back, uh, from, I think a broken foot or something like that after three fucking weeks, these guys are fucking just, Oh my God, man, dude. Like I just, he was practicing this week. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I hope he plays, um, but yeah, he's he's playing and I really wanted to see him play cuz I really really love Trevon Diggs. But um you know, we'll we'll see about Trevon Diggs in the near future. Uh, and by near future, I mean literally Sunday. Excuse me and whether or not he's going to play or not. By the way, this is my chain. No, you can't hear it at all. I thought you could because it's been jingling and cranking or clanking all podcast long, but you know, apparently you can't because I did I did this. And you can't hear it, or you barely can hear it. So, yeah, um, I got the uh, the Cowboys losing to the 49ers on Sunday. I was kind of gonna like every single time I've picked against the Cowboys, it's always been because I'm like, but their defense though, I'm like, I don't think they they can outsmart the Ravens defensively, and um. There's already been reports about Mike Nolan leaving the Cowboys. Now I'm going to sit down because my knees are starting to get a little bit tired. Uh, let me push my chair back. Let me sit down. Oh God, that feels so much better. Jesus Christ. I've been standing up for almost three hours long after my first run back. Holy, but Jesus! Ugh. Yeah, but anyways, um, Mike Nolan is probably gonna be gone after this season. So, and to be honest with you, he may be fired the day after the season is over with. So, long story short. Mike Nolan's probably gone. Wade Phillips, I would assume Jerry would try to give him a call, but Wade Phillips may or may not want to be a uh, Dallas Cowboy. We'll kind of see. Uh, Realistically speaking, offensively, the Cowboys are fine. It is the defense that is god-fucking-awful. But we'll kind of see what happens with the Ravens, or not the Ravens, but the Cowboys and the 49ers, uh, kind of uh, going forward from here but I think the Cowboys will lose on Sunday to the 49ers Eagles versus Cardinals. My guy, Jay, Jay hurts playing once again. Let me take a swig this weekend. Mm. I needed that. I haven't drunk anything in like two hours. So, Cowboys versus 49ers. I got to kind of go quickly here. It's almost three hours. <clears throat> I want to end the podcast here very quickly. So, that way um, I don't have to, like, compress the audio and make it sound like shit. <clears throat> so, um, Cowboys versus, uh, not Cowboys, Cardinals versus Eagles. As much as I love Justin Herbert, I think, I think he's going to lose. Not Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts, excuse me. Jalen Hurts I really really like a lot as well as much as I love Jalen Hurts I think he's going to go down hard to the Cardinals and the question of well whether or not you know you should play Carson Wentz is going to be brought up again I think it's going to be a good game for him and the Eagles maybe we'll kind of see and my good game I mean it'll be competitive it won't be necessarily that they get blown out but we'll see on you know we'll see on Sunday what happens but I do like the um, the Cardinals in this game over the Eagles. How have the Cardinals played? I haven't necessarily checked in on the Cardinals. They're seven and six right now. I feel like they should have a better overall record. How many games have they lost in the last couple of weeks? They're on a one win uh, one win game streak. How many games have they won or lost? One, two, three. Seattle Patriots Rams and then they beat the bills but then they lost to the Dolphins then they beat the Seahawks yeah okay and then I go back to October where they beat the Cowboys okay 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 I'm getting it. I'm getting the picture of the season right so Cardinals I think are gonna be fine they're just gonna be mighty fine against the Eagles because I think the Eagles um they suck but they suck a little bit less with uh Justin Herbert damn it Jalen hurts <clears throat> anyways, moving on, Rams versus Jets, it's the Jets, they suck, the Rams, they're awesome, Rams are going to win this game very, very easily, kind of like Seattle did last week, where they won it like 40-something, it's like, yeah, it was 40 to just three, it's like, goodness gracious, that is god-awful, to the point where the, um, Rich Eisen was talking about it, to the point where the, um, the Seattle Seahawks to pour just a little bit more salt in the wound they were like you know who we're gonna run out there on the football field we're gonna run out Gino fucking Smith onto the football field to like add just a little bit more oomph to it you know this is kind of a spoiler no it's not a spoiler to the Mandalorian it's just that Boba Fett is gonna have his TV show next season as well so can you believe that Well, I mean, it kind of is a spoiler. But, I mean, they they spoiled it with the ads. It's like, Boba Fett's in the TV show. He's going to get his own TV show as well. I don't know if The Mandalorian is done. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, the ending kind of seemed a little bit uh, final in some instances. In other instances, it's not. But, I mean... It is what it is, you know? Again, I'm not going to spoil it for you, just in case if you want to watch it. It's a pretty fucking awesome ending. I highly recommend you watch The Mandalorian. It's, like, probably the best thing about Disney getting, like, the Star Wars franchise. It's like, don't watch the movies, watch the TV shows, man. I'm actually excited for Boba Fett, to be honest with you. Cause that like how the TV show ended on him was super fucking interesting because it's like throughout the entirety, uh, throughout the entirety of the TV show, his, his motives weren't necessarily like known and stuff like that. It, like he didn't know necessarily why he was doing certain things. And then it's like at the end of the Mandalorian, it was kind of like, Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. But then it's like, there's more that needs to be elaborated on it. Anyways. as I was saying looking at the game Jets versus Rams Rams are going to beat the Jets Chiefs versus Saints Drew Brees is back Michael Thomas is not he is out ladies and gentlemen he's out does that increase their chance to win yes yes but it doesn't increase it to such a degree that they actually win the football game. I have a question. Oh, no, I don't. I, I was like, why don't – I'm like, why isn't this game on Sunday night? And then it's like, oh, yeah, because you can only flex in, I think, noon games, right? You can only flex in and uh, noon games in and out, right? So, um, And the reason why is that uh, somebody has the, the 3 o'clock game, the Chiefs versus the Saints, right? And because they have the 3 o'clock game, uh, one of the major networks does, and they probably want Troy Aikman or Joe Buck or Jim Nance or Tony Romo to cast it. They um, they want those guys to cast it so they're not just going to move off of it because you know because Sunday night wants it. Sunday night kind of has precedent over a lot of other shows and stuff like that, over a lot of other games, but they can't just be like, yeah, we want that game because our game that we booked for Sunday night isn't necessarily worth it. Or not worth it, but working, I guess. I don't know. Browns versus Giants. Taking the Browns, uh, Giants suck. Apparently, Daniel Jones has two lower leg injuries. He has a calf strain, I think, on his right calf. And then he has an ankle sprain on, I think, his left ankle. Hold on. Excuse me. He has a calf, uh, not a calf strain. He has a sprain ankle on his left ankle, if I'm not mistaken on that. So um, he's going to be out. Colt McCoy is going to be in. The Giants played horrifyingly bad uh, last week against the Cardinals. So I would expect the same thing to kind of continue forward with here against the Browns uh, and the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Hopefully we won't have to watch that game very, very uh, for a very, very long time. Steelers versus Bengals. I'm taking the Steelers over the Bengals because, I mean, the Bengals suck. I kind of hope I don't have to watch that game for too long, to be honest with you like, please don't make me watch that game. And um, I'm also kind of hoping that um, it's over very, 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 very quickly. Because I have other stuff to do. Those are the games that I got this weekend. Right now, um, I'm guessing USC is going to put up a miraculous comeback victory against Oregon because they're down by 11 points. Because that long-ass drive that they had, that didn't go 10 yards. That didn't go 10 yards. What are they doing? They The refs should have blown the play dead immediately and throw the flag. There's no way that's that's legal. Unless Oregon took it, but even then, it shouldn't have been legal. Wait, it has to go to the... Hold on, wait oh no that was a legal kick USC did recover it why weren't they prepared for the onside kick oh no that's a beautiful kick he literally like kicks it to his guy the kicker does and um, USC recovers and I'm like I guess USC has to pull off I said it sarcastically obviously I was like I guess USC has to pull off a miraculous like comeback from behind victory or whatever and it's like, uh, yeah, uh, well, they're on their way. They took a bajillion years to score three points, by the way. they And by a bajillion years, I mean four minutes. And um, it's still 28 to 17, but yeah, that was, uh, you know, give them credit. That was an awesome gig. Anyways, I'm tired now. I'm going to put on my, my vinyl. I found an album in an old record player today. It's a Luther Van Droh album. And there was this song, what was that song? It was the Chair is Just a Chair song, where I was like, wow, this song kind of sucks. And then it kind of progressed slowly, and I was like, wow, this this fucking actually sounds fucking awesome. Hold on, I just got something on my computer. It's like Cyberpunk apparently just got another hotfix. I'm not sure. This is a lot of bug fixes. Alright. I mean, it's just like literally bug fixes. It's a lot of fucking fixes, bro. Anyways, what's that chair is just a, sa- a chair song? Hold on. The Luther Vandross song. Like, this is one of his more popular songs. <clears throat> It's a fucking good song because of, like, how it begins. A house is not a home. Of how it, like, fucking begins and how it fucking ends. It's, oh, I was like, what? that's why it took forever. It's like a seven-minute fucking song. And I was listening to him just talk about how a fucking chair is a chair for, like, a couple of minutes. And I was like, this song is dumb. Hold on, what's this song? By Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Ain't No Sunshine, When She's Gone. Yep, yep, I didn't even need to, need to fucking, like, hear him say it. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and she, oh, I love that song. Goodness gracious. But, yeah, literally seven minutes for him to get to the pair, to, to the fucking, to the fucking um, point of the song. But, oh, man, when he gets to it, he gets to it. Let, let's take a listen. Let's just take a, a quick little peek into what I was listening to today. like a minute into the song it's it's my mistake it's not like it felt like it was three minutes long because i'm i'm a millennial and i don't have a strong attention span but yeah like he goes deeper into that let me listen to this
4: your face piece, but it's done.
0: let me fast forward it a little bit more
4: to live alone, turn this house into a home when I climb the stair, and turn the key, oh, please be there, saying that you're still
0: Like, I mean, just I, I literally was just like chilling. I was just like, I'll just wait till he just stops. And then I was like, I got to stop because he'll just keep on going. But I'll keep it going.
4: Turn this house into a home. I climb the stair and turn the key. Oh, please be there. Still in love. I said, still in the love.
0: Still little bit of context. After this, the song goes on for like two more two more minutes. What can he sing in like two more minutes?
4: The
0: song is way too long. It's like, it's like he already got past like the still in love part, and he's just like, no, I'm just gonna keep on singing. You remember, Goodness gracious.
4: Say that you're gonna be.
0: All right, we get it. But the, the ain't no sunshine when she's gone song is this one.
4: Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone She's always gone too long Anytime she goes
0: away Everybody knows this song. You should know this song. This song, everybody fucking knows this song. Stay And then they have like stringed instruments into this song or something like that.
4: I alone, but ain't no sunshine when
0: I don't think this is it because this isn't they're just recording this in like a studio. Let me look it up. Where it has like stringed instruments in it And it's just so awesome That's not it Where is it Ain't no
4: sunshine when she's gone Hold on She's always She goes away Where she... Wonder Here it is Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone
0: awesome fucking song and then there was like one more song that I saw that I was just like I gotta listen to this sorry it's the Taylor Swift song where she's singing with somebody from Bon Iver and he's wearing a mask as he's singing I'm like doesn't that affect how it's recorded and it's like no apparently not you fuck that's way too loud my bad I think I've seen this film before by the way My album of Folklore, I think, is supposed to come tomorrow. I'm kind of worried about it, to be honest with you, because I've heard bad things, because I bought the the Target edition of Folklore, and I've heard that, like, apparently, the Target edition of Folklore, it's like a red vinyl. Apparently, it, like, it's warped, it's broken, but I also, like, 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 that's what the reviews are saying, but I don't know if it's because of the target inventory. I'm not sure. But apparently it's supposed to come tomorrow. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure about eBay's tracking or whatever. Where is that tab that I had? Here it is. So I'm leaving out the side. Door.
4: So step right out. There is no amount of crying out. A All this time. Never to read
0: right to read long like, long like to how awesome is if play you're hating on, on folklore, folklore I man something's I wrong no so and then and then taylor swift and bon ivor are like like playing these two different characters in this song. Like he's playing the dude and she's playing the girl. And he's like, You never gave me any signs. And so she's like, I gave you so many signs. It's, it's so awesome. You never
4: turn
0: right? Right? So many signs. So
4: many
0: signs. I thought I would share that with you today ladies and gentlemen this has been 24th podcast the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet going close to three hours we're probably going to hit three hours hopefully i don't have to compress the audio ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in we'll be back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day after that not on wednesday of next week but on a lot of other days ladies and gentlemen till my next podcast i hope you have a fantastic day and i'll see you next time so
4: step right out, there is no amount of crowd.